there, film nerds and horror junkies. Slide into your most comfortable existential crisis because it's time for the Cinemasters of the Universe Halloween Spooktacular, Volume 3. Boy, oh boy, we're yaking you by your scaredy cat collar into the Olympics of the dread. Imagine if a Twilight Zone episode got drunk on absinthe and crashed a suburban potluck. It's Stir of Echoes with Kevin Pyme, all the nexus of all cinema bacon. This film is a roller coaster. It's like bungee jumping into an abyss of what the hell? And then understanding that the core is made of your old, unresolved childhood issues that darts through it. MC Escher as painting while Black Sabbath plays in the background. It's like a quilt woven from Shining, the Poltergeist, and maybe a touch of HGTV for the truly damned. Because that is this movie. Now, who will your maestros in this grand opera of unease be? First, let me introduce to you a man who is to movie rentals what Van Gogh was to turbulent skies and whose movie rental night is legendary. It's almost paranormal. Ron the Rizzo King Avis. And next, Unit Encyclopedia of Suspense. The guy you want narrating your worst nightmares, Adam Peterson. Take it away, you captains of the Creek Fest. Oh my god, welcome back everybody. This is episode 3 of the third annual Halloween Spooktacular. God, I hope I didn't get that wrong. I think it's the third annual officially. Well, we're talking about Stare of Echoes this week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the intro, whoever that was. Sounded important. Sounded funny. I am Ron Avis, the Rental King, and with me, of course, is my co-host to the North, Adam Peterson. What's up, dude? Papa! I love it when you call me Big Papa! <laughs> oh, that's, uh, what's his face, right? From, uh, that, uh... Gooley! Oh, what what did you think of our intro this week, man? That sounded a lot like Kevin Bacon. It sounded like we got Mr. Footloose himself to intro the third episode of the third annual Spooktacular. This sound like Kevin Bacon? It sounded like Kevin Bacon to me. It's not who I was going for. I feel like Kevin Bacon was in the room with us. That was very Kevin Bacon esque, though. It now was. That you think about it. It was very. It was. It's passable, Kevin Bacon. Ah, uh, yeah. These things don't make any sense. Like week by week, I tell you, like, like ah, this one's goofier than the last one. But what the hell? <laughs> it's fun, and I get to come in on a real friggin' banger of a song. Heck yeah! Hypnotized, dude. I, I, I was listening to it. I was like, okay. It took me a second. I was like, ah, okay. I got you. I got you. I'm picking up what you're throwing yeah. down. Uh, you're right, because there's a hypnotism. Like, what, I see what you did there. I see what you yeah, did. They they're like trying to tie it all together. That's how, that's how we do it, man. That's how synergy. masters do it. Circular. The Feeling synergy. the flow. Synastery. Doing the bull dance. <laughs> uh, 
The bull dance, happy? You're acting like a damn fool. That was chub. That was my, that was my very best, like, uh, Carl Weathers. Uh, you know, you got to be careful. You can't go and do a full-blown Carl Weathers without getting in trouble. No. You know what I mean? Because Carl Weathers is Carl Weathers, and I cannot be Carl Weathers. So well, if I try to be Carl Weathers, I just come off sounding like a jackass. And if you do, baby, you got a stew going. <laughs> yeah, Stir of Echoes. This is my pick. This is my second pick. And I was going for more of a, I guess, in our in our little you know, world that we're setting up for this go around, I guess this would be my classic. That, I, really, I mean, at, at this point, unfortunately, films like this <laughs> to us are classics. <laughs> yeah. It came out in September of 1999. Not that far off from when a um, couple other like humongous horror movies came out in The Blair Witch and also The Sixth Sense. And this movie got uh, really compared to The Sixth Sense a whole bunch. Um, really, no no mention of uh, the other. They're not alike in any way. But this, I remember at the time I was working at uh, UPS. I can say that. And I was driving into work, and I would listen to Stern in the morning, every morning in those days. And they were talking about, well, Kevin Bacon was their guest. And they were talking about this movie, and they just had... I mean, Howard's, he's not the kind of guy that's just going to just kiss your ass in an interview, <laughs> really. That's true. So if he's being if he's being complimentary of something on, on his show, it's probably coming from a place of some truth. And he's just raving about this movie and how good it was and how much he liked it. And, of course, the peanut gallery was all in, too. But... It just, it, I don't remember it really getting a release. I just remember people talking about it sort of after the fact. Even when I heard about it and it was coming out, it's not like I rushed out to go see it. I just, it was just on my radar. And then, you know, a couple of months, I guess, down the road, or I, you know, you pop up in a video store. I'm like, oh, it's that Stir of Echoes. And of course, being a scary movie, I couldn't resist. I'm going to check it out. But it's a really good movie. Like, it's, I'm not even joking of the catalog of Kevin Bacon films and there's it's vast as vast as anybody's ever this is one of my favorite movies of his it really holds up the performance is really actually good and it, I think and because of his performance is one reason why this movie doesn't suck because it's not a terribly new concept for a, a movie but I think just like the setting of the movie in this, like, you know, it's kind of the, um, like, rural Chicago, I suppose. Like, like you know, downtown Chicago, like, near where... Like, yeah, like a, one of the like northern suburbs. Houses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the suburbs. It's the suburbs, but it's not like the suburbs as we know it. Yeah, it's, it's on the north side. It would be, like, the north side of Chicago. Up, like, a Rigdyville kind of place, or as you start you making... You could see your, the L in many different shots. Yeah, you start making your way so towards... You, some of the, you know, you know, definitely not like, because when you, because uh, you can get away with a lot when you're talking about the suburbs of Chicago. You can be, you know, uh -huh. forty five, sure. forty five minutes to an hour outside of Chicago. Kevin McAllister lives in the suburbs of Chicago. Oh yeah, way right? out there in Winnetka. Paris Bueller lives in the suburbs of Chicago. There are some good people that live in the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. 
But yeah, the, but with you know with Kevin Bacon, like he really pulls off like a pretty authentic sounding like Chicago and all the the act. He's he's really the main kind of draw to this movie. But you have a ton of really excellent character actors that just everyone complements each other perfectly. You get some really good performances from everybody, honestly. And I just really can't highly recommend this movie enough for anyone who hasn't seen it. And if you had seen it in a while and you listen to this, hopefully you go back and watch it again. That uh, is Rotten correct. Score? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, 68%. And it's the Rotten Tomato score. Uh, 99 minutes, so that's not too bad. That's that's under that's that's double digits. That's a, that's a good that's a good amount of movie. For a movie like this, it's the perfect amount. Honestly, it moves along per, like at a real brisk pace. No no scene like they. I know they cut. There were there's a deleted scenes and stuff on the uh, Blu-ray or DVD that are worth checking out. There's a couple on there that I really kind of like. Was like, oh, they should have left that alone. That would have been, uh, especially this one where. I always kind of wonder, like, what's Stare of Echoes? Like, where does that come from? Like, why does it call that? And he kind of has, like, there, there's the monologue in the kitchen. Well, I don't want to get ahead. Well, when we get there, I guess I can mention it then. But we, we are going to watch this movie, kind of like how we did for um, uh, It Follows. So if you like that, if you enjoyed that, we're going to do that again. But we're going to do it just a slightly, a little bit differently. Or shake it up time. a little. Yeah, we're going to shake it up because, you know, we treat you guys like, guinea pigs that's what we do you you people in vermont seem to enjoy it we treat most, you right actually. just like dq yeah we do we don't we don't we don't we don't forget who's who uh floats our membership boat <clears throat> our listenership boat downloads streams i'm looking at you montpelier <laughs> help me i've got fallen down a tangent hole uh we're gonna watch like 15 minutes of the movie in real time and we're going to make comments and stuff on it, but then we're going to pause and then we're just going to sort of talk about things that maybe we just want to talk about that, uh, couldn't really fit in while talking about the, what's happening in the movie. Maybe it's a thing we read online that was interesting. Maybe it's something we heard in the director's commentary that we might want to share with you. We don't know. We just want to make sure that we give ourselves enough time to pop that little bit in there and make just the show that much better. Maybe it's something I just love completely you. made up. <laughs> yeah. And it'll give you guys time to check our facts and stuff, right? Or we, we always move at such a fast pace, like you never have enough time to stop and check us. Lightning now quick. Now you do. Yeah. That's what a lot of people <laughs> call. doesn't have to make any sense. There's <clears throat> no connective tissue from one thought to the next. Yes. Because it's how we keep you off of our scent. We keep it fresh, you know? interesting, we, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're like how we like that. We're like the jazz of podcasts. We're over here. When I sit, we're over there. You scat. When I do, you you know, yeah, tangents. <laughs> yeah, tangents. Um, quick, quick through some more uh, housekeeping stuff. Twelve million dollar budget, not too bad. Got to figure most of that went on. Well, this movie was shot on location, actually. So that that. I don't know if Kevin Bacon took a chunk of that change. Can't be uh, cheap to film in Chicago on location where they they filmed. I mean, they, they didn't film it all in Chicago. They filmed some stuff in a nearby town in Illinois as well. But there are definitely parts that they're filming in Chicago. I.e. all of those beautiful shots of the L, you know. That the awesome scene with Kevin Bacon up on the, uh, the, the phone pole. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like that's such a cool scene. I do I like love that. how that unfolds. It's a really cool visual going along with the audio. It's like it all kind of it complements each other. It's odd. It's it's eerie and beautiful, and I love it. Uh, total box office gross twenty one million. Um, you know, so kind of break even territory as far as your theatrical grosses go. Sure, this movie did well enough on home video. And it's, you know, still makes money from streaming and whatnot. So, like, I, I would love, wouldn't it be cool if there was some sort of database that you could access that has a running total of what a movie made like that? Because, you know, they keep track. Yeah, of that that's stuff, true. Right. They have to. They have to at the studios. There's no way they don't. So it would be really cool to see how a movie of this age you know, like, yeah, we know when it was released that it ended its theatrical run at 21 million. Not that exciting, not that great. Certainly not disastrous. And they make this kind of movie too, I think, with the intention to make its money on, on the home video side. Like, hey, please break even on, in theaters. We'll, we'll, we'll be happy to, to make money on home video. Like, that's fine. With a $12 million budget, and that's including Kevin Bacon, that's not too bad. But you know, you know what, I would, what I would really enjoy especially in the vein of something like an AI kind of thing. What I, what I would love is I would love to be able to set a scenario for an AI and ask it, how well does this movie do? Uh If you were to put this movie, leave everything else in the world as is, but take the sixth sense out of the picture. Like, because this movie opens a month after the sixth sense because I know, yeah. I mean, like, the the ending had already been ruined for The Sixth Sense for me the, by the time I saw it. But I'm pretty sure I saw The Sixth Sense in theaters months after it had already been out. Mm. Like, I mean, it was literally months before we went to go see it. And uh, so there's... I honestly don't remember seeing it in theaters. I might not have seen it in theaters. But it wasn't spoiled for me. I remember when I did see it. Uh, the ending wasn't spoiled by then, so. Yeah, I had somebody. Somebody had come to. a long time to wait. Somebody had come to school and had already and had ruined the ending of the Sixth Sense for me, and so I was like, okay, well, uh, that was really cool. I was really. Uh, you know how it is when you're a kid; you just can't wait to talk about the thing you, you know, did. Yeah, I was like, okay. So like, but you give no fucks at all to what is happening around you the 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 trail of of dread and misery and, and spoils spoilers that they leave behind just yeah. by not being it was, a little quieter it was i mean like i was like i still want to see the movie because everybody's talking about it and i hadn't seen it yet so it's like we i think i mean i mean it was it was literally like it was months after it had been in theaters that i the sixth sense was and it, i mean it was dwindling by the time we saw it but as well as like yeah. i remember it having a pretty substantial theatrical run and it what it just makes me curious because like this is one of those movies it doesn't fit into that category for me where it's like uh there's overlap of kind of 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 some of the content but like it's not one of those it's like when they like mission to mars and red planet came out or deep impact and armageddon came out or one of those where it's like okay you got yeah two movies no, that are, not at all they're no. these it's not trying to tell the same story no at all, they're right? similar in tone the, the only thing that's the same is like there is a kid who's sensitive to 
you know, spirits who've passed away. And like, that's exactly the same. Yeah, there's, really. there's a little bit of overlap. But the, how they handle it though is completely different. Very different. Very different. Yes. The two the two child actors, and I'm not putting this on like the feet of, you know, the actor from this movie, because I think he's good. But I mean, when you're up against friggin' Haley this, Joel this, Osmond. Yeah, this kid is is not a Haley Joel a Osmond. Tough, it's just it's when I was like, okay. No. You I mean, you you drew this is, you know, <clears throat> I'm I'm not big on basketball. But when it comes time for March, this feels like one of those, you know, the one seed and the and the what is it, sixteen, the one and the sixteen. It's like, uh, sorry, yeah. kid, you just you 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 drew the short straw. You're going up against Haley. Oh Joel God, there, this kid's a sixteen seed. No way. He's like, he's got to be like a six. Go, seed going up, going I mean, up against Haley Joel. It well, no, not in the first round of the tournament though. It'd be like in this. This would be like a a, a sweet sixteen matchup. Between this kid, See, I'm and like Haley. this. Haley's going on. Haley's moving on. But that's that's what I'm like. If 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 this movie goes up, this Haley Joel goes up against this kid. This kid didn't have a chance. <laughs> he just he just whoosh. Yeah, we not, just blew past you. That, He's a good kid. I got nothing against yeah, him. Yeah, no. He did great I, in this I, movie. No, that's why I was like, I'd love clearly. to know in a vacuum how much better this movie does because I think without the Sixth Sense, because that had all the hype too. Everybody was talking about the Sixth Sense. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I might, I might bust your wave. <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna make you wonder or not. But when this movie came out, the weekend that this movie premiered, The Sixth Sense was already kind of dying down in theaters. It was the number one movie that week, but it was, you know, it. I think it had already been out like two or three weeks at least. Oh yeah, so, I mean, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't pulling in. But it's like, this is, I mean, this movie came out a month after. Um, it's too close, though. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like. It, it's a shame. I'm sure nobody knew what the Sixth Sense was when they, when they were releasing these ahead of time. Because, I mean, that was. Like, that oh, was it's still, a scary that was movie thing. with Bruce Willis. I feel like I've seen that before, and it's not that good. Yeah, I mean, every, everybody, that's that's the thing about it. It's like, I, everybody was still, because it was, it was a, still a while after the, even Stir of Echoes came out that I went to go see. And it, I mean, it was, it was a couple of months after, you know, like we, we didn't go, I mean, the theater was pretty dead when we saw it. So it wasn't like it was still raking in a ton of money. But it was like, I just remember anecdotally, people were still talking about, I mean, like the sixth sense, like, Oh, the, Oh, yeah. the twist end. Oh, the surprise. Do you hear the, the sixth sense? Oh, uh, it was huge. So everybody it was, was our first sort of Hitchcockian sort of moment as film fans of our oh and and you know what i mean like it was it was just like something different yeah i mean it was when it was, that was the movie that put m night Shyamalan on the map and so it was like yep. okay that was a huge deal for him and, and that's why i was like it always it always kind of bummed me out because i'm like stir of echoes is such a good movie on its own but it was kind of like it was just overshadowed like nobody like when you talk to people it's like hey did you see stir of, like even as we were doing this this week you know, just mention it here and there to people. It's like, oh, I've never heard of that before. It's like, oh, oh, you should check it out. I mean, it's a really good movie. Oh yeah, because it's it's a low. It's it's definitely one of those movies that got bigger on cable and stuff. I'm sure. And if you weren't just devouring movies like we were, yeah, probably, maybe yeah, no, it would get by you a little bit. Because well, I mean, here's some of the, here. This is the top ten movies that came out. Like it did not even get. I don't even think it cracked the top ten because I don't have actual weekend box office numbers, which usually means. It didn't crack the top ten, but uh, yeah, Sixth Sense was number one that week. It was twenty two million, which is still a good chunk of change. But then you had like Runaway Bride, 
and Bowfinger and the Ugh. Thomas Crown Affair. Bowfinger? Mickey Blue Eyes. The Blair Witch Project still in theaters. And the Astronauts' Wives still ahead of you. <laughs> you still didn't crack the top ten. So it's a shame. I'm, I'm hoping now that people will go ahead and give this movie a bit uh, of a chance because it, it really is good. And it has it does have like a handful of actors who they're I mean, like I say, it doesn't have like huge names other than Kevin Bacon, but there's it's a who's who of like, hey, it's that girl, it's hey, it's that guy. It's you know there's faces you'll recognize. Like Catherine Irby Irby. Yes. How do you I don't know how you pronounce her name. Uh I mean, right away, I recognized her from What About what Bob. What About Bob, yeah. Like, what About Bob, the the uh, the daughter, Anna. But I, I know she's been in some other stuff, too. Yes. Law and Order, some stuff like that. Uh, but then, And then one that was really throwing me off for a minute was uh, that Ileana Douglas. Yes. Uh, and, of course, once I realized who she was, I was like, oh, it's the sister from that movie To Die For. That was is the sister to uh, uh, what's this Matt Dillon, and it's got uh, it's an awesome movie if you haven't seen it, but it's got Nicole Kidman and it. it's like early nineties movie. She was the sister, and she was in Goodfellas, so she's got like some serious credit. She like, yeah, she Kate she's Peter. been in a bunch of stuff here and there. You're like oh, I I thought for a second like is that a it's not Allison Janney is it? <laughs> she's she's got, got a similar yeah, she's got a similar look to her yeah, right. I don't think she's anywhere near as tall as Allison Janney. Uh, Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn. Everybody, yeah, everybody knows him from the Transformers movies primarily, I think. But he is a guy who's in lots and lots and lots of stuff. Um, and then Connor O'Farrell, who has some credits, but I think he, he was, was a guy the other was guy. More... <laughs> he was the other guy. Well, he was the guy who owned the uh, apartment building that. Uh, Kevin Bacon is tearing up to pieces looking for you know, that Kevin Bacon pulled ghosts. a Pacific Heights on. <laughs> is that this is that what Pacific Heights is all about? I've never seen that. Before. Oh, Pacific Heights, yeah, because that's got my favorite Matthew. with uh, Michael Keaton and uh, and uh, got? Matthew Modine. Oh boy, your favorite, my favorite. <laughs> but yeah, they rent they rent an apartment to Michael Keaton, and the whole time he's just tearing the whole place up, and they're like, "What's going on?" He's, uh, I had did not know that. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out. Oh yeah, I have to check that out. But yeah, he he's like a guy who worked previously with a director. Uh, then you have uh, his well, Kevin Dunn's wife, uh, who plays Sheila. Like, uh, what's her name? Lucia Struss. Don't really recognize her from stuff. I see her credits in movies that I've seen. Don't necessarily recognize her. Zachary David Cope is the little boy. Plays Jake. No other credits. Yeah, this was the only thing he was ever in, wasn't it? Yeah, and then the director is, uh, I think his name's uh, David Nepp. Kep? David Kep? I'm not sure how you pronounce his name exactly. Uh, Yeah, I think it's David Kep. Director, writer, I believe. I think you're right. And uh, he's done a whole bunch of stuff. Like, he did The Secret Window with Johnny Depp. Uh, He did, well, he's done a couple of Johnny Depp movies, Mordecai, but Premium Rush, I believe that was the movie with, I think that had... Uh, William George or Joseph, what's his name? Joseph Gordon Levitt, believe. I don't know. The guy, the guy's a an accomplished director, and this is just another feather in his cap, if you ask me, and so on and so forth. Uh, I'll let uh, I'll let you go over, take it from here. If you had like to add anything extra for housekeeping, uh, did did you want me to read any of the trivia that you comprised here? I would love to. I would love to. 
<laughs> so we have some trivia here. Okay, let's hear it, man. Let's see. Let's hear the trivia and any other notes you might have, and then we'll just get right into the movie. I'm going to start here. The Kevin Bacon performed his own hypnosis scene being hypnotized by a professional for real to aid his performance. He said the trance made him feel like his head was, quote, full of concrete. Okay. So heavy? Very, it's, a, it's, I guess. it's a heavy feeling. Like, it's a heavy feeling? Not not sure what to do with that, but okay. That I mean, I could. That's a Kevin Bacon thing to do. I could that's, see you can quote He's, Kevin Bacon. So if anyone's ever, hey, do you know any good Kevin Bacon quotes? You could say "full of concrete," because he's that's <laughs> what he said. He said that when I got hypnotized for reals <clears throat> in this movie, I tell you what it felt like. Felt like my head was quote. Felt like I had a head full of concrete. Full of concrete. Full of concrete. Which is interesting because I don't uh, know that he really yeah. knows what that feels like as I'm fairly I don't certain. think any of us do, Adam. No, I, I feel like he's never had his, his head literally full of concrete. Because I feel that that's like a tough one to wrap your brain around is. because you never have been able to feel that way before and you no one's ever known. Don't know that feel sensation that way. really I mean it could be <laughs> I feel like it would not be pleasant, but it could be. We don't know. We have no I really don't. I really don't want to. I really don't want to think about how hard it would be to go around life holding up. My head's already like a big head. It's pretty heavy already. Yeah. But to fill it with concrete, that just would really mess up my back. Yeah, think. it seems like seems like think overkill. I'm I'm already tired enough. I have enough <laughs> weight. I don't need more. <laughs> I'm, I am I am definitely in need of of jettisoning weight, not taking. Yeah, weight. we I've got enough. I got no, I'm fine. I'm, so was that his hand getting uh, like pricked by the uh, safety pin? I wonder. It 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 very. Uh, you think he you think he was just like, come on guys, do it, come on guys, do it, just, yeah. <laughs> Let's just do like it. Getting come really on. intense. Come on, come on, man. I, gotta, I, gotta I love Kevin Bacon. He feels something. Like that. He's kind of got that sort of Tom Cruise quality where he just feels like he would be really like cool, but then once he gets into the actual like one one they call action, he just feels like he'd be like a really super intense dude to be around. I I, I feel like I don't know if I would be comfortable in the same room with Kevin Bacon. If I'm being completely honest with you, I I feel he doesn't like... seem like the kind of celebrity I could just approach. Yeah. and have a casual conversation with. It it it's one of those things. It feels kind of because like it doesn't feel like Kevin Bacon's career like peaked in the nineties. Like it really. I mean, it feels like. I mean, it wasn't like oh yeah, he's like there's he doesn't have anything else to offer because he feels like one of those guys like he should have just kept making movies. Like it's. I think Kevin Bacon's career just plateaued when he started and it just stayed there. <laughs> yeah, it was like oh, you've set the bar too high. It was already boom. That's Kevin Bacon. He showed up in like Friday the Thirteenth, and he's just been Kevin Bacon as consistently. He's kind of like Hank Aaron. He's like the Hank Aaron of sluggers, just hanging around, hanging around, hanging around, staying healthy, staying healthy, keeping you know working, working, hitting home runs, and then next thing you know, you're the all-time home runs champion for a very long time. That's Kevin Bacon. That's he's, just he's Kevin Bacon out. He's just collecting movies, but unlike some other actors who's just cranking them out a couple times a year, he does seem to pick mostly movies where he's not going to be embarrassed that he's been involved in necessarily. I can't think of any Kevin Bacon that I'd seen, like a movie that I'd seen with him where I was just sort of embarrassed for him, like, ugh. 
Kevin Bacon doing in this piece of crap? Yeah. Why is he in Romeo and Juliet part three? He, <laughs> I feel like he did kind of a really weird uh, Peacock original movie. It was supposed to be like a scary movie, but it was like, I don't even know. Mm. Like, I don't even, I don't remember what it was called. It was just like, I don't even. A Peacock original scary movie. Yeah, it was one of those like, I don't know what this even really is or why you okay. did it, Kevin. Like, I feel like you have... So that was the one sort of iffy kind of... You're feeling a little judgmental towards Bacon. Yeah. You could have, you could have, you could have, you could write him a letter. You could pin him a nice letter. I mean, I kind of... I, like, I, would, I would love... I was just thinking literally last night, I, I, it would be nice to have a pen pal. I was like, people don't do that. We don't <laughs> write letters anymore. People don't sit down and write a letter. Like, I mean, I... Because... But who would you write? If I could write letters to, to Kevin Bacon, I feel like I would. I'd be like, hey, okay. Kev, <laughs> what's what's the haps? Now, I don't think he would be like, I, I wouldn't be comfortable in a room with Kevin Bacon, and I wouldn't be comfortable like adding him on Twitter, but I might be comfortable just writing him a nice letter and, and putting it in an envelope and then mailing it to like his publicist or agent or whatever. Not his publicist. He's not really a writer. Just his agent. and It'll get to him, and he'll read it eventually. Eventually. And then he would probably show up at your house <laughs> with like a six pack and like a in bad intentions. He like wants to kick the shit out of you. Like you thought that he was going to be friendly, yeah, right? Like, but no, he's just mad that you made him write read your stupid letter. And Kevin Bacon has better things to do. Like I read your letter. He's got to keep padding that IMDb resume. And it was he's got to keep that game of his relevant. He oh the the name of his movie that he did it was in twenty twenty two. It was. It's they. They them. Hmm. Uh, and I. So like the pronoun yes. movie. And it was just. It was when I was like, okay. But like even I mean like it's when I was like uh, it, it's clearly gonna divide people because you know I was like okay I feel like this is probably gonna be a little bit, or maybe a lot bit woke. But even 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 if I take that in consideration, be like okay I'm not gonna pay attention to that. I still don't really know. Like, I don't really get what's going on. I don't know because, like, there's been a lot of scary movies with titles like that going way back. Like, I feel like there was uh, there was a scary movie called They and a scary movie called Them. (laughs) And it's when I was like, double feature, man. Like, it's just like a Freddy versus Jason. Like, no, no, it's a whole different thing that doesn't make any sense. It's about pronouns. Like, oh, they v them. I don't. I thought this was gonna be. (laughs) That's an awesome movie title. They v them. Yeah, I uh, you know, in in looking in looking at uh, what Kevin Bacon has been up to, I'm like, I mean, there's there's some stuff that he's done. We're like, oh, I mean, there's, I mean, a lot of the stuff he's, but he's been in a lot of horror movies. If you look back at it in his career, and I'm not, I don't have like his uh, page pulled up or anything, but you know, uh, final uh, Friday the Thirteenth, right? Yes. Uh, then you have well this. There's another. Then you have uh, the movie where he was invisible or whatever. What was the movie? Where Hollow Man. Hollow Man. Yeah, he was in Hollow Man. That was clearly meant to be like a scary movie. And then he's sometimes he's in stuff where he's just like a scary presence, like one of the guards from that movie where when he was remember that movie where like I think it was called Sleepers maybe. Oh yeah, a lot of kind of youngish up and coming actors were in the film together. And he was one of the people in this ensemble cast about these boys who 
I guess went to like some kind of juvie sort of thing and they got, I don't know. Anyway, so he takes a dark turn, but his presence in that movie is pretty dark. Well, because he, like, he was role. in sleepers, but then he was also in mystic river, which was a very similar kind of movie. Just a little, I mean, it was some different twist to it. I mean, he played a different role, but like, oh, and look at this. What is it about Kevin Bacon that like, lends it's himself so well to horror movies and like thrillers and, things uh, and like i mean that. he what was about him death sentence was a, there was a james wan movie uh it wasn't okay, a horror yeah, it wasn't so much a horror movie but it was um because uh, there was a movie that they made that was literally like just a direct ripoff of death sentence and i can't remember what it was it was like i mean even going into i mean I like death punishment death punishment <laughs> That would be great. Like, well, I mean, like he was X Men First Class. I don't know, man. I'm just trying to think. He was in Crazy Stupid Love. Um, he was in. Yeah, that's right. He was in that. He was kind of funny in that, though. It just cop in a funny in a way that's like, why are you in this movie, though? It wasn't like because he was being real funny in the movie. He plays. It's he like, weird. Is like we got Kevin Bacon just walking around outside set. Do you want to put him in the movie? Yes, we do. He kind of like offered, <laughs> like, hey, it's Kevin Bacon. Hey, can I be in your movie? I can do it. I can do accents. I can do, I can say pajamas. Like, you know I'm from Boston. Wait, did he yeah, come back and do another Tremors? <laughs> Ooh, that would be great. There's a TV movie, oh, Tremors. Oh, Tremors, thank you. That's another horror movie. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Bacon, sort of known for and has been in. How? Can't believe I almost forgot Tremors. I think about Tremors like once a day. Okay. Even, so this... Not even kidding, man. <laughs> so this movie, Tremors, TV movie... <laughs> 28 it's tw from 2018 it, uh -huh. it's got a 7.7 .7 rating on imdb but I, I was wow i pull it up and it's got it's got kevin bacon starring as valentine mckee and then it says fred ward as earl bassett but right next to that it, it says in parentheses rubert i don't like what this movie happened five years ago how is he rumored to be in it He's either in it or he isn't. There's no rumor. I mean, there, there were those rumors of like Spider-Man movie coming out, like a James Cameron Spider-Man movie for years and years and years. I, I just I like the, Beetlejuice is another one of those movies is just sort of rumored to be floating around out there for years. I just like the implication. Finally like, made Ghostbusters Afterlife. I mean, there could be like another Tremors with Kevin this, no, this, Why not? This movie has happened. It's it was a thing. It was made. Oh, it came out in tw uh -huh. in 2018. With Kevin Bacon? It's a TV movie from 2018. It's not like... With Kevin Bacon? It's, yeah. And that's, that's <laughs> why I'm like... Kevin Bacon? It says it does. Not like a video... This is not a video game, is it? You're telling me this is not like a video game, right? It says a television reboot of the film Tremors, in which a small oh town God. is gripped with fear over giant underground worms living my beneath them. My mind is blowing. I can't believe there was an actual Tremors reboot with Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward? Is Reba in it? Michael Gross. You didn't. I noticed you didn't mention Michael Gross. Is it just because it's assumed he's in it? Uh, how how wild would it be if there's no Michael Gross? I just I don't understand. Fucking crazy if he's not in it. He's he is Trevor. I don't I don't see him. I don't see him listed in the cast. Maybe he. Maybe it's like a huge cameo that they don't want to blow by being in the uh, IMDb credits. I still want to understand. They're keeping it up like five I years later, they're still keeping up the rouge. 
like Fred Ward is rumored to be like I feel like you need to watch or like see if you can find him. It's rumored he's in this. You have still, to watch it. Still not confirmed. Still not confirmed. You have to watch it <laughs> and see if you can find him. That's kind of the way it sounds, isn't it? It's like rumored, possibly. Uh, that's a, that's you, but you could do that with anybody. You could put like The Rock, rumored. Yeah. You know, you could have an all star cast and you rumored to be in your movie. There's a lot of, a lot of people rumored to be in this. That's what we got to do, Adam. We got to make a movie and then like attach all of these actors in it. Just, just hype rumored. it up. Like, oh, yeah, we got a lot of people. Yeah. We got a lot of folks at oh this my one. Yeah. We got Ben Stiller, rumored. We got Tom Cruise, rumored. We got, uh, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Who else you got? Ryan Reynolds is going to be. Ryan in Reynolds gonna, is going to be in it. Buy it. Just it's it's being it's being funded by Sky Gin, right? That's his company. Isn't Aviation it? Gin. Gin or something. Aviation Gin. That was close. And uh, was the, the Mac, Maximum Effort. That's his. Uh, that's his product. One of his uh, um, PR companies. How many? How many like shell companies does this guy own? He, he, many, he has like he's got eighty legitimate businesses. I wonder how many shell. He has diversified he has. Uh, harshly. I will give the man credit for his staying power in uh, the industry. I think he has ADHD. Really, I think he just can't stay put. Owns <laughs> a, owns a football dry, club. He does own a football club. Hey, season two is out now. Isn't it is. It? I got to start watching that. I got to start watching that. For those not in the know, it's a great show on FX. Kevin Bacon should be on that show. Put him on the football pitch. You know, go let him out Welcome there. Welcome to Wrexham. Let him go kick a yeah, ball he around. Could be, he could. He he could play like a, like a kind of edgy cop detective who shows up. He plays to, a great cop. Uh, you got to give him that. He's, he does play a great cop. A tremendous cop. Yeah, he does. He, he plays a lot of cops, but then he plays a lot of crooks. This guy's a great actor. He does a lot with just his face. And like so, the way he emotes with his face in this movie, he's like, it's really good. I would really love you could study this guy's performance, like in an acting class, and go, yeah, that's a good way to make a movie like this better. I would really love a campaign where every movie studio puts him, and like where you really do have to look for him. But like, if you're like, yeah, in 2025, Kevin Bacon was in every movie. And you're like, no, he wasn't. Like, yeah. Every studio came together. And if you pay close enough attention to every movie that came out, Kevin Bacon was in it. He was just somewhere in the background. He was at a coffee shop. Somewhere in the background. He was writing a ticket. Setting up a ladder, checking the mail. Yeah, just somewhere. Doing something. Walking up to a car. Some kind of contest. Like, like, how many Kevin Bacons can you find? (laughs) I would love that. That would be fun. It would be fun. I would. I would. That would be a fun website. It'd be a to great like, way to like get people back to the and... movies. It would be. It would be. Let's find Kevin Bacon in this thing. Find Kevin Bacon. Hey, there's a new Avengers movie coming. I can't wait to watch the Avengers movie, but who the hell is Kevin Bacon going to be in this thing? And he's anybody. just somewhere in the movie. He's like, oh, oh, did you see him? He was working on a on a spaceship. He was a mechanic. <laughs> spaceship mechanic. He's a Kevin spaceship Bacon. mechanic. What other fun notes you got for, for us for housekeeping? Uh what if I was really, like, that's it. That was that was the fun. Oh, that was it. That was the fun note that I had. I had one. Oh, that's no, fine. I, there are that's other totally notes. Cool. No, we, we have other notes. Let's see here. Uh, the movie is based on a 1958 novel of the same name by acclaimed sci-fi horror writer 
Richard Matheson. Matheson also wrote I Am Legend and other well-known works. That's a great tidbit, That's Adam. something that people would like to know. People can just suckle on that for the next 20 yeah, to 30 minutes, just, and it will not lose its flavor. If you like to read, here's an alternative. <laughs> well, there's a scene, I think it's the babysitter. She's reading one of over. his books, yes. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that, that was sort of... And they kind of like linger on it for just a second or two, like you ought to pay attention to this thing, but... That's the kind of deep research. Like you're at the time of the release of this movie, you'd only really pick up if you were watching the commentary. That's just not the kind of thing you would pick up on. Maybe, unless you're a fan of the you know author, of course, then you would pick up on that right away. But I mean, hell, I mean, I am Legend is one of the all-time great science fiction movies that Will Smith just did a phenomenal job. Making it so that I could never watch that thing ever again because he breaks the neck of that dog. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I can't. I can't watch the movie. It was somewhat enjoyable. I especially like the parts where he was losing his mind and watching like Shrek in his house. <laughs> like that part particularly like tickles me. I don't know why. Well, that's uh, that's Will one, Smith losing his mind. <laughs> one of those things about that movie that I re- that that I mean, it's because it's one of those things like. When you break the movie down, you cannot get from the second act to the third act of the movie without the dog dying. It's the nope. it's the catalyst for how we get to the third act of the movie. But it's one of those yeah. like, okay, that was there. It was in the script, and Will Smith read that like, okay, so what I'm gonna have to do is I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to murder the dog on screen, right? And like, yeah, unfortunately, it's like, okay, no, I can do that. I can I can go out there and have everyone who uh be people who have no trouble watching just countless human persons being murdered in all manner i mean just sliced and diced and blown up and shot and set on fire be, be no problem with human persons if you're even hinting that the life of a dog is not as or more important than of a a husk of a human soul come on man no what i'm saying is there are because I know that there is that was a German shepherd. There's a website, beautiful animal. There is a website that is dedicated to telling people if animals are harmed in movies because people oh, care uh, yeah. more about that. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 kill off it's, as many people well, as you want, just don't hurt the animals. It is kind of harder to swallow though, then because you know, we are unfortunately tad, a tad bit desensitized to violence, like human on human violence kind of use it as sort of for entertainment, uh, which is crazy. And not too many people, you know, like to enjoy. I mean, typically murderers and sociopaths and crazy people well, but like, like enjoy the, watching animals like being physically harmed. That was the thing. That, so, that was the thing about it. It was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. So, no, you don't want... You're more of a sociopath. You don't want me to... The, I don't have to kill a person. Like, you don't even yeah. want me to just, like, oh, no, yeah, what we want you to do is we want you to take a baby and set it on fire. Like, no, no, no. We want you to kill a dog. And you're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Like, you, are oh, you the sure? Dog? You sure? You, you... Are we going to eat this dog afterwards? <laughs> I mean, that would that would have been, like, even better. It's like, if you're like you, you see him, like, murder the dog. He's crying. to like, And then in the next scene, you're like, wait, where did he get ribs? 
like a smash cut to one of those over the plate Napoleon he's like, dynamite. He's like scenes. licking he's like his fingers off of barbecue sauce. You're like, wait, <laughs> there's like a tail like sticking out of the side a of minute. <laughs> Just to really hammer the point. I don't feel like he had he had any kind of cutlets prior to this. <laughs> Jerry's delicatessen was famously out of out of stock at that point of the movie. But yeah, I was like, I like that part when Will visited when Will visited Jerry. It was pretty fun. the the whole The whole movie rests on him murdering a dog, and he's like, "Yeah, let's that's fine." It kind of does, yeah. That's fine. I'll do that. Yep. I can do that. Yep. Right. Whatever. Like, and it is. It's difficult for like anybody to be like. Does, okay, let me ask you. So, does the dog scene not bother you that bad? Like, no, no. The, really, my whole be honest. Like, my whole point is he read that in the script. And was just like, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's what yeah. else to me. I'm, I'm going like, to challenge myself. If, like, I'm like, okay, so you want me to be an I am legend. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Let me read the script. I'm like, wait a minute. Here on page 62, where it says I have to murder a dog. Like, yeah, you're going to have to do that on screen. Like, oh. Uh, now I yeah, want to know. I don't want to do this movie then because people are going to associate me on screen with murdering a dog. But yeah, my, my whole thing this. is like, no, no, I would. Like, you're going to have to get Kevin Bacon for this because he's the only one that can come on screen here and murder dogs and no one's going to care. Just if you're Will Smith, murder like, a dog. like, why would you want to voluntarily? Like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't no, know. I don't want to. You're big. You're, yeah, it's it's odd. I don't want to come in here and but murder me, a dog. Forget your movie. Give him a you give him something else. Give him an ostrich. People don't care about ostriches. So here's what I'm wondering. I wonder which movie came first the I am legend movie or the uh, movie where the pursuit of happiness, because I'm thinking either the scene where Will Smith was like barricading the door closed in the bathroom with his son, desperately trying to keep the homeless and, and you know, the 'er ne'er-do-wells and the, and the, in the, the bad men, Away from his son, because the the power, the 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 pain and emotion you feel in that performance is just one of the best I've actually honestly seen. Not just Will Perfil- like Will Smith performance, like that was raw and 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 emotional and made me feel things. Did he do the I Am Legend movie to prepare himself for that scene, or did he do that scene to prepare himself for the murdering of the dog? Because I bet you one, because one of them came first, and I feel like he might have done the dog murder scene to work up to the pursuit of happiness. You can double check that if you want to. Let's see, here. I don't think he gets to that performance if he doesn't first murder a dog on screen. I, I'm like, like just cracking its neck <laughs> slowly. His only companion after he loses his family. Let's see here, Will. Did you do first? Now we're gonna have to take time out to, to figure this out. Oh, uh, he did Pursuit of Happiness first. Oh shit! Okay, well, all right. He did the scene with his own son, his own flesh and blood. He drew from that scene to do the dog murder scene. See, that's that's where, and I, that's where I'm like, okay, no. <laughs> if I've done the Pursuit of Happiness, they're both equally I, hard to watch. I've done the Pursuit really of Happiness, hard. and everyone's like, oh, here's this great emotional will will smith scene where it's like it's him yeah clinging to his son in the bathroom of son. like ah oh, yeah this is such an emotion. i was like i was like all right what do you want to do next will's like do you have anything 
where I could murder a dog on screen. Because I'm really I'm think, ready to murder a dog I on think screen. I, could, <laughs> I think I could really make people still love me, even like that's a that's a that's a big hill to climb. Will you sure? Yeah. Oh, Will, please, please reconsider. Do Hitch too. It's such a safer bet. Because then, no, man, nope, nope. I gotta prove it. This is this is my, uh, this is like my fucking moment. I'm gonna own this thing. Because <laughs> then, this is my rosebud. Goddamn it! It's like okay. After I've done that, all right. Whew, now let's take a breather and do Hancock. Let's do that. Hancock, baby. Hancock's kind of fun. I, I hate to, I hesitate to shit on Hancock because I thought it was kind of fun. But that that has a lot to do with. Um, Would have been better if it was Kevin Bacon. Oh, 100%. No discussion there. All right. What else you got for us? What else you got? That was a good one. Uh, I like let's that see one. here. Um, director David Kep tweaked the setting from the novel's 1950s to the late 1990s in order to give it a more suburban feel fitted for the time period. Okay. Uh, All right. Kep also had a cameo in the film as the bartender of the party scene. This was his directorial debut after establishing himself as a major Hollywood screenwriter. I got to get, I got to say the scenes, there's a couple of different scenes of just sort of this kind of, uh, large neighborhood kind of block party thing uh, at multiple times in the movie. I really enjoyed those scenes a lot because I felt like you were getting, to, it's kind of like it follows where you kind of got this intimate sort of neighborhood setting, right? You know, like they're, they're oh, at yeah. the party across the street, you know, they got the baby monitor sort of like, you know, trying to have a good time still, but they're, you know, everything's happening when just like a little bit of each other, like a, like a block from, you know, where, where it happens from the house. The, the horrible thing that happens of course happens on the street. So I like that. And I like that Kevin Dunn even has this like kind of moment early on where he's like talking about like what it's such a good neighborhood. It is like, it's the best neighborhood in like all of Chicago. I was like so proud of this community. And it does seem like a lot of fun. Like those they were going to like a high school football game or something at one point. And like, I was like wanting to get up and go to this high school football game. Like it just seemed like a fun sort of thing to do. We'll, 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 we'll get into it. We'll get more into that as we, as we watch the movie. What else you got? Uh, let's see here. The movie was filmed in California, though it takes place in Chicago, some Chicago aerial shots and license plates were used to make the setting more authentic. Felt very okay, Chicago so to me. It felt very, very Chicago to me as well. Uh, so that some of it was in in L.A. You said it was filmed in, in California. I mean, California, sorry. yes, California. Okay, California, California. The governor, <laughs> yeah, California. Kevin Bacon is my friend. He's my closest friend. Yeah. Sorry, this were they ever in a movie together? I can't, I can't do like a Will Sasso Arnold Schwarzenegger. Will Sasso's Arnold Schwarzenegger is the best Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> impression there ever was. It's good. I mean, it's, it is. Uh, it's it, really good. It, he does Hulk Hogan and 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 uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger very very yes. Well. And his Macho Man Randy Savage is really good, and his Stone Cold Steve Austin is really good. The guy spends a lot of time imitating professional. wrestlers. He's a big wrestling guy. 
big old wrestling nerd, Will Sasso. Looked like he probably did a little wrestling in high school. He is. He is. Looks of him. He played football. I do know that. He's he's been uh, in the ring on the WWE before. He looks like one of those guys like Mankind who could have the laced up sort of mask with the the like the hair coming out all through the through the, unkempt. Like, the, the, the tears and ri- unkempt hair poking through the rips of the cactus of the jack kind of <laughs> yeah there you go i know some of these guys i recognize the names i've learned a great deal right, about so, wrestling from will sasso i don't know that much about wrestling you could never have a better teacher i mean honestly no. if you wanted to learn about wrestling just check that guy out. Yeah, there, there are a lot of really interesting people, like celebrities, who are huge wrestling nuts and will just talk to, like, is it Freddie Prince Jr. that wrote? Oh, yeah. Like, actually wrote some shit for he wrestling? Wrote, yeah, he wrote storylines. He's That's crazy. incredibly involved I in wrestling. I guarantee you most people never knew that. No. Freddie Prince Jr., was writing like what so was he writing just the like the outlines or was he doing or was he writing dialogue like monologues? I, I don't for, know like, exactly how that when goes, the when the yeah, heels like, come out and do their like, you know, little thing that they do. Yeah, he's cause he's got a podcast with comedian Jeff Dye where they talk about wrestling. And it's great. The two of them are fantastic together. They're both hilarious. And Freddie Prince Jr., like he's he's quite adept at it. From what I've uh, listened to and what I've gathered, like I hate to admit it, but he seems like a pretty cool guy. Like he did, he's, yeah, he did run off with my girl. But I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. seems like an actually pretty funny guy, like a pretty decent dude. The more you like, if you start from just having watched Freddie Prince Jr. in movies, the more you actually fill in the blanks of who Freddie Prince Jr. is as a person. Listening to him tell yeah. stories about growing up, his dad, Freddie Prince, the comedian. Um, the people that he was around growing up, you know, the things that happened, you know, all of the stuff and like, he's, he's got a pretty amazing story. And he, I mean, just his industry stories, like he's, he's a really interesting guy to listen to. And he's, he's a great, he's a really great storyteller in and of himself as well. Right on, man. So yeah, this just turned into the I, Freddie I like, Prince Jr. I like finding out. Podcast. Yeah, we're just Freddie talk. Prince Jr. Appreciation Podcast. Yes, let's just let let's just do another one, shall we? We'll just get another one up and rolling. Let's check your news feed soon for that Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> That's who I should no, start no, writing I do letters like to. When these Freddie Prince Jr. He might he might reply. He might. He might. Didn't he seem like he might be one of those types of guys at this point who might reply? Like he would appreciate. I bet you a he's got one of those letter. accounts. Oh yeah, the princes. No, uh, what I always always keep asking because I keep forgetting, but like the website where you can get personalized messages from like oh cameo, yes cameo, cameo. Bet you he's got a cameo site. <laughs> makes me want to check. <laughs> Go check it right now. <laughs> I want to know if he's got a site and I also want to know how much it is. And I want to know if we can get that custom made in like the next 24 to 48 hours. Let's pull together and get a Freddie Prince Jr. Custom shout out on cameo. Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> yes, sir. How much? Book a personal video. $100. A hundred bucks. That's so reasonable. It's a video. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, I guess they're always videos, aren't they? Really? 
Yeah, you can get you can get to oh, 100 bucks. Like what? But what does that get you? Like is that just you 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 just kind of like, "Hey, you you I I don't spend enough time on Cameo to know like what you can actually ask them to do." You pretty much just you tell know? them what like what you want him to tell say. Tell them what to say and they I was okay. like, it's it's one of those things. Like, if I wanted to, kind of feels like Dance Monkey, doesn't it? Sort a little because like you you could go on there, and I could say, "Hey, Freddie Prince Jr., I here's what I want you to say. I want you to here's our it like if I I could get him to, hey, I want you to be the voicemail on my phone, and have him like uh-huh. here's what here's what I want you to say, and then just okay now with oh the video gosh. and put that as the the answering machine message on my phone. So as so as Freddie Prince Jr., do you just not think about that constantly? Like, for fifty bucks, I live forever in perpetuity with like this guy is like a part of me now, right? Yes, I am forever on his voicemail. He will never erase it. He will always transfer it to his new phone. There's no way he's not gonna ever like forever and ever and ever use like Freddie Prince Jr. Who the hell is that? That name sounds familiar. Holy shit, was that the guy from I Know What You Did Last Summer? Isn't he the soccer player dude from She's All That? And you're like, yep. Wasn't that's... he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just want to keep naming Freddie Prince Jr. movies. I'm going to run out. I know there's got to be a lot of them, but I can only think of those two at the moment. At the moment. Okay. What else we got? Let's see here. I, I, got, I got lost. Uh, this is good stuff, cameo. This is gold. You tried to lie and said that you only had one interesting thing. Uh, there's, there's, there's a number of interesting things here. Oh, wow. The, uh, the, red, keep digging. the red front door on Tom's house was intentionally made to mirror the red door in The Sixth Sense as an homage to that film's similar child ghost premise. Hmm. So we've got we've got some. Uh, I, I, it's t- so after the movie was basically f- filmed, right? Yes, because that had to be a very late addition. You'd you'd have to imagine, it. like, hey, I just saw the sixth uh, sense. Can we uh, can we paint one of those doors red? And and what can we do to make people think this movie's more like the sixth sense? What what could we do? I mean, we got some red paint. <laughs> is there a way that we could make people think this movie is more like that other movie that's making the money? Can we fool people into thinking they're watching the sixth sense? Like, could we call this, this the sixth uh, of echoes? How do we work? Could we rename the movie? What? They should call it the sixth sense of Kevin Bacon. Can we dress <laughs> Kevin Bacon up like Haley Joel Osment? Is that a thing? Could we do that? I'm sure that wouldn't be creepy. Could we at put all. him under there a would blanket? Be nobody that would complain about that. I'm sure nobody would protest that. I'm 100% sure. Kevin, hide under this blanket and tell people you see dead people. Go hang out with those other kids. Blend in, Kevin. Blend. You're a method actor. You Blend, can do Kevin. this. Go down the slide. You know, that does, going back to the six senses, it just keeps going back to it. Can't help it. But uh, one thing about this movie that it the the sixth sense does really well that this one doesn't really try to do, nor was it trying to do, is kind of give you that kind of rewatchability effect where you watch it a second or third time to make sure that the, like, you know, like to make sure that like the reveal is uh, playing by the rules. You know, like that, it was kind of one of those first movies that really kind of went to the trouble to make you go back and go, oh, 
the way that they reacted in that scene didn't make a whole lot of sense, but it kind of was the way that the movie is just kind of like feels like a, like a dream, almost things that are happening. You just don't really, you go, Oh, well weird things are happening. It's just the feel of the movie. Like, Oh, he was reacting that way because he was a ghost. Interesting. One of, one of, so I do appreciate that it did that. Not a lot of other movies. One of my, uh, except for maybe like oceans movies kind of do that. One of my favorite, uh, Nate Bargatze jokes, uh, the comedian, he talks about the sixth sense <clears throat> because, and he talks about it in reference to being married and fighting, fighting with your spouse. And he talks about, he's like in the movie, the uh -huh. sixth sense. And he's like, he, cause he does this whole preamble where he's like, I'm going to ruin a 20 something year old movie. So if you haven't seen it, it's like, don't be like, don't, don't be the guy who's like, Oh, I was going to watch it tonight. It's like, no, here's in, in the end. We find out, Oh, he was dead the whole time. It's like, Go right. go back and remember when you were watching this movie. It was more believable that he was for a full year fighting with his wife than that he was dead. And we saw we saw him get shot at the beginning of the movie. We saw we see him get yep. shot at the beginning of the movie, and the whole twist. One of those Wahlbergs, baby. The twist at the end is that he's been dead the whole time, but in our yeah. brains. We were like, yeah, he's just he's perpetually fighting with his wife. That's far more believable <laughs> than the fact that. that he was dead the whole time. They're like, oh wait, he was dead. Yeah, because like he shows up at the restaurant yeah. and they don't speak. That kind of tracks as like a couple of yeah, like every on time the verge of separating. <laughs> every time they have a scene that it's him and his wife, it just it plays the whole the way they play it is like, yeah, she's pissed at him, and it's for a whole year, just a whole year. Like, oh yeah. He's constantly just, they are getting the cold shoulder. They are in a life. constant state of flux. And it's like, oh, it turns out he's dead. It's like, <laughs> oh, I guess that's better than them fighting for a whole year. But I, I, I mean, that sounds like a love, like that sounds like a Woody Allen film. I, I, I appreciate I that. <laughs> well, I like that too. That's pretty good. I like when people make it their own. You kind of take it a step yeah. further. <clears throat> like, uh, I, and it doesn't even have to be that high like doesn't even make that much sense like one of my favorite things that just people run with or did on the back was the uh the trend where you would take like a spoon or something and put it up to like i think they were doing it basically with ryan gosling too was the kind of the thing you put like a spoon or something up to his face oh yeah he would kind of like like kind of turn away from it in the movie or the scene yeah and he just keep like, bringing it closer to his mouth and he's like nope <laughs> no, I'm not eating this. I enjoyed that. I love when people do that shit. It's the it's the similar concept. It is exactly, and it's fantastic. I took something fun that you came up with, and I shit all over it by trying to attach myself to it somehow. <laughs> My awful friggin' story. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. <laughs> you see me here? I am self destructing. <laughs> this I boom. tried. Nobody. I did my best. I did my best. <laughs> Dane Cook, baby. Uh, did my best. I, I think about that like once a day, too, honestly. <laughs> that I did As my you best should. Hard cry. As you yeah. should. Yeah, oh, my God. It, it It's so relatable. It's so relatable. Okay, what do we got next? Anything else? Uh, well, here's here's a fun here's a fun tidbit for you. Ooh, the, the hits, the tidbits don't stop. No, this is... So in the, in the scene where Tom is digging a hole in his backyard and i say digging mm -hmm. a hole i mean several holes 
comprising the entire backyard. They just like got some random person's permission to dig up their backyard, did they? They they it was filmed gorilla <laughs> style set. by showing up at someone's house in the Chicago suburbs and digging the hole without permission. Who's going to say no to Kevin Bacon? The homeowners were compensated Even if you didn't know that Kevin Bacon was going to be digging the hole of some, like, dude, and that's, like, clearly, clearly there's, like, a, you know, it's a whole scene. You know, there's cameras and sound guys, and, you know, it's a whole thing, right? So it's not just some weirdo with the shovel. Like, can I dig up your yard? And you're like, oh, this is for a movie? That's incredible. Like, who's going to be in this thing? Oh, have you seen Footloose? Have you seen Tremors? (laughs) Have you seen She's Having a Baby? I, I like the idea that some guy just kind of like, you know, he was he was up late the night before watching the Cubs game, you know, got some old style cans just sitting next to his lazy boy and he kind of stumbles mm-hmm. down the stairs in his bathrobe. He's kind of like groggy waking up, you know, like he takes a uh, he takes an Eggo waffle and puts it in the toaster. And just mm-hmm. and then turns the coffee pot on, gets a you know, wow, man! I can smell gets a smell a, a cup of uh, a cup of Joe sits down at the table with his butter and his syrup to have his his ego waffle, and he just looks out the back window, and there's Kevin Bacon just digging up his backyard. I was like, huh? Kevin Bacon's in the backyard, just a sweaty shirtless just, uh, Kevin Bacon and a child digging up my backyard. <laughs> And he digging many holes. Finishes off the ego. Got the cup of coffee in his hand. Just kind of yeah. walks over to the back door screen. He looks at his like, uh, hey, "Are you Kevin Bacon?" And he looks, "Yeah." Are you? Uh, yeah, I'm Kevin Bacon. You yeah. digging up my backyard? Uh, yeah. All right. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go take a shower. And then he just slowly closes down the blinds. Just, just shuts the, the door and yeah. goes upstairs and gets in the shower. And it's like, all right. Yeah, Megan's digging up my backyard. I did it. I finally did it. My kids are gonna be proud of me. And just he no that that's Dad, tell the story about Kevin Bacon digging up our that's, backyard. That's even better. Goes upstairs, sits down at a vanity in his room where there's a list that's just kind of tucked inside the uh the frame of the mirror, and there's one uh-huh. item and he just crosses off, have Kevin Bacon <laughs> dig up my backyard. And just crosses that off. Ooh, what, what would the next thing on his list be? That's the that's the last thing on his list. That's, that's it. The last like, thing on I his have list. completed my bucket list. And Kevin Bacon dig up my backyard. You say he just transcends like to the next plane of existence. <laughs> He's like, he just he sits just, down in his chair and he just like he he pulls a uh, an infinity war where he just sort of dissipates into the air. And there's kind of like this. Oh, uh, it's like a lens. <laughs> a uh, uh, a, what's his face? Lens flare kind of thing, and he's just JJ Abrams. JJ Abrams lens flare, and whoosh, the guy's just gone. He's like, oh, that was fun. Well, I know how I'm shooting that. If we ever film that, you that just would gave be me a great idea, sir. That would be fantastic. I wonder if we could actually get Kevin Bacon to participate. In I'll write him. I'll write him a letter as a kick out. You'll write him a letter. We got quite the rapid letter writing game. I've got an idea. Here, I've got an idea. You're going to have so many pals. Between him and Freddie Prince Jr., I, I, I feel like it's going to keep me busy. The stamps alone is going to be. 
Well, you're you're forgetting somebody. Wasn't there like another person we're supposed to be? Oh, uh, probably. Um, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw in Joe Pesci. I'm gonna have to write large because I feel like it's, you know what else. Gonna help his prescription out. I feel like he's got those big. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, big, "What are you getting at?" Big there? glasses. He's got those big glasses. Yeah. He's like, oh. big, big old thick glasses. He probably, yeah. Somebody probably reads to him. I don't know if he. That ruins the illusion, though. Like he's got to like get out. You know, like he sits down again with this cup of coffee and his Lego, and he he checks the mail. He's rummaging. He's got his little special letter openers, like you know, some sort of. Uh, a gimmicky thing from a movie that he took as a souvenir from Goodfellas that, you know, it was like a promotional item. Like he stabbed a guy in the ear with it. I don't know. You can picture what you want to picture, but that's what I like to I picture. I like to picture that. And he's just like opening up. Yeah, right. And he's just like opening up his mail one by one. And then there's your letter. Just kidding. Dear Mr. Pesci. Reading it. I loved Gone Fishing. I thought it was the best movie I'd ever seen. <laughs> Here's a picture of me holding the Academy Award I made for that movie. <laughs> it's like made of cheese. Yeah. It's like, uh, that's sad even if a kid was holding it. But it would be less sad if a kid were holding if it. If a kid I was think, holding it, it'd be uh, less sad. But it would st- it's yeah. That's how poor quality this uh kind of cute, you know. It's like, oh look like, at that. Oh, that kid's he made it out of Joe Pesci. Guess he saw the Irishman? I don't know. All right, what else you got, Adam? What what other tidbits you got? Let's for see us? here. Um, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let's pick one more good one. I'm gonna cl- one I'm gonna close one. it out on this one that Kevin Bacon mm. and director David Kep did not get along well on set due to creative differences. Bacon wanted a more subtle performance, while Kep pushed for a bigger, more extreme portrayal to sell these supernatural elements. So bit of friction bit of friction on the set okay all right well i would say kevin bacon must have probably got the best of that then because doesn't he seem like he's a little bit more understated i feel i feel like he's subdued yes he's not doing it big that's for sure so i agree with kevin bacon whatever he did in this movie and I'm sure if you're a guy like him and you have a Kevin Bacon in your movie and you know your budget's $12 million, you're probably going to have give him a little leeway because, hey, why not also? Kevin Bacon's kind of a guy. He's like a known commodity. He's going to come in and he's going to give you Kevin Bacon. Yeah. He's going to give you lots of Kevin Bacon. He's going to give you extra Kevin Bacon. You're going to get the bacon nice. every time. <laughs> the exit bacon like thing that he did in commercial. That's the kind of shit like Kevin Bacon shows up in everything everything and he makes it cooler and more authentic just because he's involved i i would love it bacon never really bacon never really caught on until Kevin. i would love it if he just shows up like he just shows up to things and he walks over and you got like the you know you got the director and you're kind of looking on the monitors there he's got the headphones on and uh and he just kind of like leans in and like hmm you want to try that again but with a side of bacon and then he sprinkles and, like some bacon. And then he bits. like runs over to the set and he's like, All right, here's what I'm thinking, guys. And he just like jumps into it was like, Oh, yeah, this really was better. He's like with a side yeah, of bacon. Right. Oh my 
God, he's right. Bacon makes it better. That's what his agent is trying to get everybody around town to say. Like, bacon makes it better. That uh, that's the twofold. I I like this. I like this. He had to have changed his name to Kevin Bacon. It probably was a like less tasty food, or like you know, like anything but bacon. Like bacon's just. I mean, nothing pops like bacon. I would it just happens to be bacon. Come on. I would have really liked it if his if his original name was Kevin Breakfast Ham. <laughs> Breakfast what? Breakfast ham. Breakfast ham? Yes. Because you're like, That's oh, awesome. breakfast ham? That doesn't really pop like bacon does. Yeah. But it's like, because you, you can have, you've got guys that have a last name that's something ham, you know? And so. What if his last name was, what if it was fried bologna? It, what if that was his last name? That That's the, that's the wish.com Kevin version of Bo- Kevin Bacon. <laughs> The wish.com version. Yeah, I I like mm. I like this idea of like wherever there's a product, even like a high school production of some like it's a high school production of Grease, and like the 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 director's sitting there, and all of a sudden you just kind of get this shot where like Kevin Bacon's face slowly just kind of edges in, is like, I wonder if we try that again with a <laughs> side of bacon, and he runs up on stage and, and he always he just keeps pouches of bacon bits like and then everyone's like hey he you know wears what? them on his belt that really did feel better and then like he goes everything's better with a little bacon and just tosses the right. bacon in the air like confetti and then runs away <laughs> it's like wh- where's he going it's like you know what he just made should i call his agent he just made this whole production that much better and it's like that's just his contribution and you don't even back. have to pay kevin bacon no. he just does it because this is just his goodwill to the world because it's true and it's just... He's a good guy. <laughs> and at this point, that's what Kevin Bacon's all about. That's the bacon. S- just sharing, the spreading the joy spreading of bacon. Spreading the joy of bacon. All right, let's get into this thing. We're let's gonna do it. We're going to watch the first 15 minutes of this puppy, and then we're just going to... Uh, we're free to comment over top of it, and then we'll do a pause, try to keep an eye on the time, and if... So if that that could be frustrating for a watch along, so may, maybe you just kind of come along on the journey with us. Try not to watch along if you watch afterwards. Just enjoy Listen it with us. us just enjoy the time. You just have. enjoy it with us. We'll provide. We'll provide the movie. You just listen with us, okay? Just listen. Your your pals. Your your two gal pals. Your two just a couple of white broads. <laughs> a couple of white broads watching a movie together. Here we go. Starting the flick right now. I kind of want to talk about this whole scene because it's, I think it's the, I think it does everything it needs to do to set up sort of the tone and kind of the vibe of the movie is going to kind of coast on for the rest of it. Right. Cause the, the, what you think about the, the movie, the movie's only been playing for just about 12 minutes. Right. Yeah. And we've already got, <clears throat> we've already got the scene with the little boy having a conversation with a ghost. We all know this. <laughs> we are sort of like in on it from as as you know viewers and you know you got the creepiness of sort of kevin bacon and he's got that kind of speech that he does in the kitchen you're like all right what is this? what was up with this guy is this guy okay is there something wrong with this guy and then you got this like really cool like hypnotized scene amongst this group of friends it kind of reminds me like i remember being younger um and it, this is these do like the all of these adults and like frozen on a frame of like all their faces, and they're like middle aged <laughs> or near. They're like in their like thirties. Getting ready to turn fifty. Group of people. Couple months. 
Well, yeah, Kevin Dunn's Kevin definitely Dunn. on the Just first Kevin fifty Dunn. already. Everybody else. The others, the others are in their like maybe late thirties. I don't know, but it feels every it feels every bit like a sleepover that I would have had when I was eleven, twelve, maybe thirteen. And you're kind of sharing like scary stories, some of which are totally bullshit, some of which are just like things that you saw that scared you, and you just sort of repackage it and tell it to your, you know, you, things that kids do. Uh, like nobody's a little wiser, I mean, nobody cares because you just want to feel a little scared. And like the 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 whole conversation of like, hey, we got a Ouija board we can pull out. Then you get you know you do that kind of thing where you pull out the Ouija board and you do that with the holding on to it in both hands, right? I don't know if you've ever played with one of those before. But you know, most people in my circle, they've they've at least been in a room where somebody was playing with one and it's just just having it in the room is creepy enough on its own. But I mean, you know, here they got the candles, you got the 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 windows like probably uh this is like fall, I'm assuming. I feel, I smell fall from everything that I've seen in this, the, the setting in this movie. And you got this group of friends and like he just went under and you had that like really cool scene where she's taking him under and she's like being descriptive and you're getting that like POV shot. Like it's cool how they do that. It really, it, it just takes me back to that, like trying to scare my friends, like or trying to scare each other, but in a setting with adults. And I think it's a cool way to sort of set the tone of the movie. Or even really push it before we even really know what the point of the movie is. We know there's this kid who talks to kids or ghosts, and we 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 got this like weird hypnotized thing. Like, what what do these things have to do with one another? What 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 is it like you when you see this when you saw this scene? What how did it leave you feeling? Like to me, it just left me feeling very creeped out and but excited and like ready to like for this movie to like. I was at this point, I was really a hundred percent in on this movie. Well, I, I like, cause I like the way, I like the way that they open, open the whole thing because you're, it, it's one of those, like, this is one of those movies where, I mean, your trailer, you know, is going to, they don't, this is back when they didn't give away everything in the trailer, but it's like, you know, from the onset, okay, it's, it's, uh, it's meant to be a scary movie. It's going to have something to do with something kind of, you know ghost-like so there's no point in kind of beating around the bush and like let's take 30 minutes to really build it up it's like they're but they're still little i mean like you know, we're 12 minutes in it's still a little bit passive in creating the tension like the kid clearly you can tell okay there's something the kid's seeing something but it's not you don't get that immediate danger he's not afraid of it so we're not not like the sixth sense when you felt yeah. the terror. You felt the terror. The kid, it, it, which is a totally normal thing to feel. Yeah. So there's but this movie. This movie is letting us know that oh, this is some. This is something this kid is living with and has for who knows maybe since he was born. Well, and um, because what I like is I feel like from early on you get like you're kind of you you take the story. I mean, even the the news. Okay, she's pregnant. Um. I was like, okay, when you think about what that's supposed to like, even even in kind of the way that they introduce him is like he's not immediately happy about it, and that's yeah. you know that causes some stress. You know, I was like, no, I, I am ha like, there. It's when I was like, okay, there's there's a tone to it to where okay, that's supposed to be happy news. It's supposed to be done this way, but it's like she blurts it out, so it's not like 
she's sharing his wife is sharing this news with him like hey we're gonna have another baby and they have a chance to be excited so it's like there's kind of this subverted expectations like oh okay you know there's there's this family that's growing um which is supposed to be a positive but somehow you know you got kind of the you leave the kid up in his his room you got the you know kind of the creepy light thing and like oh there's something that just you know it feels comfortable but at the same time because it is like you got this real convivial like friends getting together and having a block party yeah. like it's it's very friendly you living in this old neighborhood yeah. with these old houses and like you said that fall kind of feeling there's a lot of things that are meant to make it feel cozy but at the same time like doesn't want to let you get comfortable and e- even when like you said in 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 the way that the theater it's like okay you know the the shifts that it goes through is she's kind of directing him it's like okay stage theater to a big grandiose movie theater that's you know got the yeah. red and all this color and gold and and but then ooh, that- I, I just love how they captured the the essence the feeling of what a dream feels like like that was cool yeah because it, it's like this this dr- the dread that just kind of like sweeps over it you're like okay we had something good here but something there's a presence here that's going to change that and you've, yeah, you you start out with this like looks like a community theater kind of yeah the the seats are peppered with with other people and the, but that you know that yeah like the the film screen comes down and then the, everyone disappears and then suddenly you're in this grand theater much bigger more uh, church like even like that theater like I've never watched a movie in the theater that looked I'd like to someday that would be cool. Well, and that that's definitely like one of those old downtown. Oh, yeah. Theaters. And it's I, what I like. What I like is because one of one of one of the earliest kind of notes that I feel like this movie, if it's going to I mean, like I know at the time it would have been easy to make the comparison between this and the sixth sense. But it's like if I'm going to pull out a reference to something else, it gives me um, the shining vibes right off the bat. Oh, yeah. And I, I, yes. I was like, OK, that's. So, like, by eliciting, especially later in the movie, when you have the police guy, the off the police officer, yeah, oh yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of notes huge that huge vibes. The, I mean, the kid has it, and then the, there's something wrong. You know, like, it's the shine, yeah, he's yeah, got the shine, and the dad has it, but it's like, it, but it's like, okay, it's you know, that's an element. Well, that this is what awakens it, yeah. right? I guess it was always in him, but it was unlike his son who just had it. You know, he was one of the well, because like the girl says, like, "Oh, you're one of the like eight percent." Yeah. Well, that only because she unlocked it. Like she unlocked something. The uh, the sister. Well, and 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 even that, like you know, kind of. I mean, like you know, as as you get into this, you know, oh, and the kind of the the conversation after this, it's like she bills herself as like, okay, this is something she can do. But even in yeah. that, it's like after the fact. Oh, and she does it, by the way. Yeah. She successfully hypnotizes him. But then kind of like after the fact, it's like, you know, it's kind of like, well, I didn't really know what I was doing per se. No, that's true. And that's so true. she's like. I didn't like that about her. I like believing that she was more of an expert. Like, this is what I expected. But then she kind of gets an out, right? Because she's like, well, I, I, yeah, I did those things. I said those things like I'm supposed to, but I didn't, you know, I can't believe it actually worked or or she likens it to like therapy and like with a uh, therapist yeah oh it's the same thing they're just unlocking repressed memories well which is a scary thing like everyone everyone believes 
deep down, the older you get, you start thinking, what type of shits do I have locked yeah. down? What's what's rattling around up in there? Sort of. No, yeah, right. There's got to be something. It could be not much of anything at all, but there's got to be something that I've locked away and don't want to think about anymore. Because <laughs> that's how we get by traumatizing things. You know, people deal with them in weird ways, unhealthy ways. Some people drink. There's an awful lot of drinking going on in this movie. Oh yeah, there's some out. Al- there's some alcoholism going on in this movie. And I don't know. I'm not saying it's all connected. I'm not trying to make like a bigger, grander point or anything, but I do like how authentic this movie feels with the group friends and the the problems that they have. But before we move on, it did it. One thing kind of rubs me a tad bit wrong is when she does break the pregnancy news, it doesn't feel like they should be that worried about it. Other than the fact that like, they just don't have a lot of money yeah. trying to make ends meet. And he's trying to have this career. I guess that's where the disappointment comes from. Cause like, as the first is like, sometimes like in movies, I'll say like I'm pregnant, but it's it, the reason. And that is uh, the reason that is a tense moment is because they're, they weren't, they're not ready to have like another baby. Like maybe they're older. Maybe they don't, maybe they thought they were to have to have kids, whatever. Uh, but the way it's dropped, like it just doesn't seem like it should be that big of a, uh, of a, well, the way he, and he, he kind of self corrects pretty fast, but I guess, I guess from here we can go ahead and pick up on the movie. That sounds cool. Yeah. All right. This is directly the aftermath of uh, being hypnotized, which is a really cool scene. We'll let play out. And that's the kind of thing you would expect to probably uncover in one of those hypnotherapy sessions, right? Like, oh, um, there was somebody used to pick on me when I was little, and I forgot about that. And I really, I like when, because even though it, you know, because there's some intentionality behind it, you know, from the things that you know, and I I know I didn't watch it with the commentary, obviously, because I just had the digital, but the, uh, the different uses, I mean, I know it's nighttime, but like the different uses of color, like even there, it was like they really brightened it up after the note, like after their initial part. It's so like when he was talking to uh, his wife, it's like, oh my God, I got to, that is like one of the most haunting shots they they did practically with uh, lines. That is such a good shot. Oh. That's, that shot stays with you. <laughs> I think I remember reading that they had somebody. I want to pause. I got to pause because yeah. we got to talk about this shot. Can you describe it? You like the way only the way you can put it. Like what? What did we just see? Like why was that such a haunting? Well, image the <clears throat> there was, you know the you've got he looks at the clock and it says one. It was like one eleven, something like that. Yeah, and. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, Amityville kind of yeah, thing going they're, on there. They're, you know, he's really wanted to highlight, like, okay, what seems like just a few moments that's happening here. It's like, okay, it's one eleven, and he looks very yeah. alert. I mean, like, when he looks at the clock, yeah. it doesn't look like he's drowsy. Like, he looks, he's, you know, you start the scene off, and he's laying in bed, and his wife's clearly asleep. He's just kind of staring at the ceiling. So he's still reeling from this, looks at the clock, closes his eyes, then goes into the dream state where he's floating in an armchair in the theater. And there's, there's a flicker to it that uh, again, like visually makes it uh, like it's, it's very ethereal the way he's floating. Ooh, yes. And perfect. Yes. But that, that ethereal. flicker again, kind of interrupts like 
he's he's very fluid in his motion but that flicker from the screen interrupts and again kind of keeps you from really finding comfort in that fluidity so it's like it's it's choppy and fluid at the same time to where it's just kind of like playing with that like okay i i and he's not if you're in a chair that's like floating through a theater you'd probably like you're looking around you're looking underneath of you He's just sort of like motionless as he's sitting in a in yeah a, in the in that sort of armchair, like oh it, and 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 you get the first scene it's sort of floating uh, right to left and that's creepy but then when you see him floating towards the sleep yeah in the the white screen that says sleep, and they must have pulled him right up to the screen and then cut but. It looks so good. Well, and it's it's it, so creepy. It's interspersed. It's interspersed with that. Uh, you you see the uh, safety pin and the lighter, and you're getting the imagery of this from from when he was being hypnotized. From when exactly. he's being hypnotized, and you're getting this imagery of that going through that the skin between the the forefinger and the thumb. Kind of, oh god! And it's just it's forcing its way through again to where it's like there's a very tangible uncomfortability to it where it's like it's making you it makes you want to like recoil and and kind of like uh you know in in, it in in pain and in in feeling that pain yourself and you know what it reminds me of almost a little bit it's not quite as creepy but like the sort of vignette kind of things you see when you're watching the ring yeah uh and then there's like all these like little scenes that are like kind of clipped together and they're quiet and just like like kind of like air you can sort of hear it's you know what i mean like yeah it's, it's, it's just very creepy and nothing is explained very ups it's just visual it, imagery that's meant to be upsetting in some capacity and it, and, it, and it, yes because even when you're watching him in the theater you're like okay if i was you i like that it's framed to where like you could see like the front part of what would have been the balcony in this in this theater yeah. to where like spatially in your mind you're like if i was sitting down on the floor this chair would probably be uh, four to five feet above, above me. me, just yeah. floating through the theater. Ooh. To where you're like, okay, this would be it would it like, and the pers- that would play tricks with your brain. Yeah, sure. and the perspective that would give you, like, that's an extra layer. Uh-huh. The perspective that you have as the viewer of this, it, it's it's meant to you know I feel like it's meant to put you in that theater somewhere to where it's like okay you're having to find in relation to yourself where is this chair to where it's like, it makes it feel like you have that much more of a connection to the unsettling nature of what is happening. Like, okay, you're having to witness this. You're having to be a part of this. It's bringing you into yeah. the, the, the feelings, both, you know, physical and emotional of what's transpiring here. And then when you see him open his eyes again, it's two twenty six. It, it's meant yeah. to kind of jar you and like, okay, this is just a, this was a fleeting like moment. Like an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, just went it's like by. okay, an hour. But that's how dreams feel yeah. too. Like they really capture that well. Can you imagine that this movie just missed the three D horror craze? Oh, you know? like this that scene would have that would have really been a well really good in scene 3D. in three D. Like that would have really tripped people out. Yes, agreed. Okay, all right. So I just, I just had to pause. Yeah, because no, good that, call. That that moment is one of those things when I think of this movie that's etched in my brain, him flying towards the screen like that. But this is a fun, this, this, you know what this whole kind of scene plays out like, well, not this scene, but a little, (laughs) 
there's kind of some like romantic time here we can just sort of talk over. I'll just fade down and we can talk over this. Um, you know, we, we've already talked about other movies that this movie reminds us of, and that maybe that's why we think of it so favorably because it does do a lot of the things from other movies that we like and it does it pretty well. Poltergeist. Yeah. A lot of this, these scenes that are kind of cut together of him being tortured throughout the night feels like the movie Poltergeist. And it's almost like it, um, the 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 entity is not necessarily speaking to him directly. It's not like she gave him the power. It's being unlocked from being hypnotized. Now he's suddenly open. Like his channels are open now. And there's a scene here in a minute where he sees his young kid, his young son, and he sees he he says something like, "You're awake now." Yeah. Well, kind of has like a double meaning, honestly. Well, and this, I, I feel like, you know, kind of... By the way, this is 90s movie sex right here. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And, <laughs> like, this is... Uh, woman on top, uh, leaning back, ecstasy, rocking, <laughs> right? Hands digging into chest. This is, like, 90s. Like, they had to just check this off the box. Well, and... Like, because I feel, I feel like what they're going for here is this, I feel like is the moment where the two of them start to really diverge. Mm-hmm. Cause like, that's one of those things. Like when you think about in a lot of horror movies, like, especially going like, you know, bringing up poltergeist, one of the things that makes their family stronger is the unity. The closer that family mm-hmm. is together, the more they're able to fight against the entity that's attacking them. And this, this is really the first time where, you know, he got spooked earlier, but like, this is where it's like, okay, this is kind of where their path starts to diverge to where like, they're no longer in sync. Like when they went to the party, they were kind of, they were, you know, I feel like there's a difference. Like this isn't like, oh, we're just kind of, this is a squabble over something like this is where this is clearly starting to affect him and it's going to start impacting their relationship. Because it changes the nature of the, his relationship with his son, too. Because, like, okay. They they become closer. They become yeah. closer, but it's still not in a capacity to where he's able to I mean, relate. this is straight up the rotten meat scene from Poltergeist. Yeah. With the little the scientist guy getting a sandwich or whatever. That's an effective, like, all that is is just, like, his tooth blacked out and, like, a little thing, like, glued on. That's all that is. So effective. Oh. Wait, I, got, I still got all my teeth. Whoa. Still that was weird, man. Teeth. Trippy. Hey, Peter, man. I used to hate having those dreams where you felt like your, like, teeth are falling out. Terrible. Well, because that's, that's a thing in dreams, isn't it? Like, when your teeth falling out is, uh, like, a, I think, I feel like that's a... Uh, um. A classic dream thing. It's a classic insecurity thing, I, I think. If you have that dream, I think it's supposed to, you're, you're feeling insecure about something. The orange juice is something that I get a kick out of. It's a funny little gag that you need with all the crazy things that are happening in the house. Like you get like a scene where you open up the refrigerator and it's just filled with orange juice. What, what I really enjoy is what, because especially like the gag you're referencing that comes later in the movie, it reminds me, there's a, uh, um, there was a... Oh, that's a great, 
great jump scare. Yeah, that really. was a good jump scare. Oh, wait. I got to pause this and talk real quick about the effect of her, because the director does talk about this in the commentary, so I should share it. Do you notice how when she moves in the film, she almost looks kind of uh, like, I don't know what the word, like she's, it's like she's missing frames when she moves, or she seems kind of jerky, herky-jerky when she moves. It's neat. They, 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 uh, the actress who plays the girl who we haven't even mentioned, like the whole, the girl in this house was, she was murdered basically by two kids in the neighborhood who I think initially were just starting out picking on her and then being the bro dudes that they are turned, uh, into like basically a sexual assault, uh, on this girl who has this reputation of being kind of. Well, is the one is the one kid says retarded. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the retard. Like I love that guy. Like they're all like, God, shut up. It's like, shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she's murdered in this house and she's as ghosts do, she's sort of, you know, unfinished business. And she's already sort of been communicating with the boy, and now she's got the dad. He's the one who's seeing all these images of her, even though the kid's already kind of seen. But anyways. So they they hired this girl. She was like a I think a dancer slash actor, and they had her move. See, I think I think they shot her like at something like six frames a second, and in addition to that, they had her move really slowly. So when they sped it up to normal, it like it was jerky. It had like a jerky effect. Okay, they shot her at like six frames, and then had her move very slowly. So like those scenes of her, like she's this is what they did to achieve that effect. But that was kind of cool. But yeah, she's there. Now she's gone. How would you react in, in that moment? Like, how would you react seeing what you saw and then gone? It's. <clears throat> would you think it's cool? Like, I feel like he he thinks it's cool because now he has like that purpose that he's been missing. I don't. Oh, this is good. <laughs> like, creepy little kid uh, he's he's way too comfortable with this. He is. You're awake now. Yeah, that's that's where I'm like, um, if one of my kids was at the top of the stairs, like, you're awake now. It's like, um, why are you awake? Yeah. Kind of puts his hands on his temple like Yoda or something. This is, this is one of the scenes where I don't think he's like a very good actor. Like none of this feels very natural. Well, and to to this kid's credit, he is considerably younger than Haley Joel Osment was. In there. So it's like this kid's yeah. probably like, uh, like I'm not five saying or six. he's a bad kid actor. I think he's a good kid actor. For but... for what they needed him for, he did a great job. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's a cute kid. He's Just saying competent. he's better in some scenes than he is others. That's all I'm saying. Oh yeah. <laughs> Here, well, let's listen to this because this is important. Then we'll talk about some more. I think I gotta let this play. I like this just makes me laugh. I like how arbitrarily contentious their relationship is, just kind of because, like, there's no real basis for why they they don't get along. It's just like, ah, you guys don't get along. But you can picture it, right? Oh yeah, like, it's totally you can believable. Imagine how? Yeah, you you could see how. Uh, uh, how a sister of someone that you're dating 
especially someone like her who just seems to be the type with the loose lips and sort of speaks her mind. I, it's like a Phoebe type, you know, you're just going to get yeah. the truth from her no matter what. There's like no filter between her brain and her mouth. And I like her. I think she's great. I think she's a great character for this movie. But you're right. Why do they not like each other? What happened between them? Did they have a relationship before? Is that why she seems to be so jealous all the time and quick to jump? <laughs> you feel like Kevin Bacon must have cheated on her or something at some point, just the way she acts. But then it almost it's almost kind of said with a wink and a nudge, too. Like, ah, just kidding. I know you're not. Ah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I'm and just, then Kevin Bacon's like, I'm just gonna throw you through the fucking I'm window. I'm just gonna throw you. I'm gonna throw you through the window. That's what I'm gonna do. But it, it doesn't. It feels weird. It doesn't feel like. Not that it feels weird. I actually like that. It's like there's that texture in their relationship because in a lot in another in another movie, they would just not have them have any kind of relationship at all. Really, she's just the winging sister who. Uh, hypnotizes Kevin Bacon and then boom that starts the movie and now it's just about the family now in the house and the mystery of what happened to the girl yeah she just keeps popping up in and out of the movie just <laughs> and she's like nope no I will not answer in the answering machine like laying in bed well and it's it's one of those like uh, it's it's it there's a part of it that like when you really do kind of break down it's like okay these guys that uh Kevin Bacon and his wife they hang out with those are guys from their neighborhood and they know them from the neighborhood. Like these, these guys aren't like, Oh yeah, we've been friends forever. They know them from the neighborhood. It's like, you know? Yeah. And so, that's their connected tissue. Yeah. So it's like, it wasn't like, Oh, we all went to high school together and we all got, it's like, they've, they've been around for a while, but like they know each other from the neighborhood. So that's why it's just so funny to me. It's like that her sister is so in involved in both their relationship. And I was like, hey, are you guys going to go hang out with your neighbors again? Cool. I'm coming with. I was like, well, she's that classically single character, right? I mean, that kind of feels authentic. You know, you got that friend who's like always between well, like, there's, uh, it, it's, relationships. It, it, so they do just sort of pop up in and out of your life as like this fixture. It, it, def it definitely works in the vacuum of this movie. It's just, it's one of those things that's funny to me. It's like, okay, so you're this, it's the, it's the late nineties. You live downtown Chicago. You, you've got, you know, weird friends that kind of come and go throughout the, the movie. And it's like, but what you want to do is like, Hey, my sister and her husband who I just can't stand, but kind of, you know, he's okay. I do. I, 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 I just as soon box his ears give them a great big hug they live up on the north side of town and i like going out there i like going out there being at their house just to you know razz them give them a hard time and just kind of be around and then what i love to do is hang out with their neighbors them and their neighbors i'll say this i'll say this the sister feels more like closer to a sister to kevin bacon's character in the movie than she really does that's, that's very true uh, his wife they have a very kind of like brother-sister type relationship giving each other a hard time you know like you know veiled like <laughs> like empty threats like want to pop you one but not really i'm not gonna ever hurt you it feels like that so like i do wonder like okay i know that they're not from this neighborhood but how long does their relationship go back yeah Pretty far i guess probably since they were kids so anyway 
Let's uh, let's pick back up from this sucker. How do you feel about these point of view, like from Samantha's? <clears throat> like, does it does that work for you? It's 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 hard to really kind of understand what's what they're trying to do, like because it feels like it's there's no clear purpose of like okay. Am I seeing things from the ghost perspective? Am I meant to be engaging with the kid in this breaking the fourth wall kind of thing? Because it's like, I, I mean, it's that's it's clear because it's not clear what it is. It's like, okay, he's he's not really talking to us. I know he's talking to the girl, right? But at the same time, it's like, but we're not you know, like. There's some scenes where it's like, okay, the girl's kind of there, like. I think that's one of the things, if there's one thing I would have done a little bit differently, is it, uh, what makes Annabelle, the, it was an Annabelle creation, I think was the second one, what makes that one such uh, shine above the rest is the way that they used all of the space of the movie. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. and I think that's one of those things like, like this is a good scene because there's, there's something about it that okay there's there's an agitation there's a supernatural agitation and it's like i yeah. think i wish the shine the shine yeah, is hitting me right I now i wish when they're doing that whole thing with the kid the camera i wish there just would have been maybe a little bit more subtle element of like she's there like i don't have to see her every time it doesn't have to be like she just kind of like scoots through a scene you know oddly or this or that but it's like if there was something that denoted her presence, you're like, oh, look, did you see that? Did you, that was where it's like, oh, okay. Well, they do it with other characters, yeah. right? Like when she goes down into that crawl space under the house. Yeah. And she's sort of there. That would be, that would have been very upsetting to see that with the kid, I think. Yeah, we're getting all these hints of red and danger. It's a pretty effective trick with the, the, the kind of static, the noisy static. <laughs> this, can we just listen to this conversation? Listen to like Kevin Dunn. Oh, Kevin this. Dunn. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, that's that's where I'm like. Did we miss the part where he's commenting on his son's sex life? That's coming up. All these people. Dirty apes? What did he say? That's that's where they're like, okay, we're going to rather carelessly introduce the fact that he has a gun. Yeah. Uh, that's true. We're going to sneak the beer in. That's how we do we're it. We're sneaking beer into, this is a high school football game, I have to believe. We're going to sneak some beer in on a rope. Right out. On a rope. Right by the cops. Oh. <laughs> uh. That's some like Huck Finn shit right there. I mean, it's it's one of those things like, you know, this this whole area of the country is like the drinking age might be legally it's 21. It's like I don't there's yeah. nobody here that's monitoring that or gives a crap. The idea that they're I mean, these guys are like, oh, open containers. Yeah, we're we're just coming in. I can't sit through a, as I can't sit through a high school gotta, football I, game without my hooch. 
Look, I know you didn't live in Chicago, but I know that you have family there yeah. and you've spent a considerable amount of time there. Do people just walk the streets like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're a neighborhood for a high school <coughs> football game uh, in the middle of the city? It's uh, like there's there's a lot about it. Like, uh, have, I like I love the community and the feel of it. But it's that's just, that's a got to ask. That's a lot of the north side of Chicago. Um, I mean, I just I remember being in Chicago in October 2016 at the game where the Cubs won the pennant and we walked through the neighborhoods um uh, cuz my uh sister-in-law her family lived out uh in in an actual suburb of chicago but we were all downtown for the game and so we walked through downtown we stopped in a couple of bars and you know i mean i must have high-fived literally probably 150 people <laughs> i mean it was just like everybody was oh, out yeah, those are the best kind of high-fives oh, man people were People were driving up and down the streets. People were singing. People were out on their front porches. They were, you know, they were drinking and like nobody was, nobody was fighting. Nobody, it was like everything was just super chill, one gigantic party. So it's like, you know, there's, there's an element to this is like, especially 1999. I mean, you're talking before, you know, it's not like Chicago was ever the safest place in the world, but it's like the Northern, um, the northern neighborhoods of Chicago, especially once you you know start getting to where you're blurring that line between downtown and suburbs, to where you got these these neighborhoods like this. Yeah, I mean everybody everybody knows everybody. Everybody's hanging out with everybody. Block parties are big. People are watching games. Yeah, you know, hanging out, tailgating. You know, whatever. It's like so this whole this whole feeling is very. This I mean I I get that. This is, this part took me out of it a little bit. Okay. The, uh, the, the child abduction part. <clears throat> yeah. Just cause it was like, I get that. I mean, I, I get what she's doing. Yeah. But at, at the, they, the way they set it up, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like one of those, un, what do you call it? When the like un, unreliable narrator, yeah. like it feels like she's abducting him taking him somewhere, but. Because we come to find out she's just taking, she's just going to her mom's place of work, basically. She just happens to work at a, at a train station. Yeah, which. Yeah, that whole scene with the cop, too, who's like really on, on his ball. Like, he's on the ball, man. He's yeah. just like switching back and forth between the stories. That cop, you got to give it to that guy. I, I like, I do like that Kevin Bacon's like, I'm just going to run in this general direction. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, where are you going? That's Kevin Bacon. So we got like some. I don't know. We got some Halloween. He's running away for some uh, some trimmer, some trimmer graboids. Like, all right, I'm gonna follow the red. Follow the red. We got some fall decorations there back in the window. So yeah, kind of coming she, up on half. Although she's just like, I don't know what the hell's going on, but I'm just gonna follow along. We're just running down. The I don't street. know what to do. It's like a. Uh, Where's my? I mean, you don't want to be separated at this point. I no. get it. Yeah, it's like he seems to have direction. You know, like you're gonna follow him right to Logan Square. What? What is it, boy? Is it? Is there trouble at the mill? <laughs> He's got the scent. I like that she takes off in the other direction. Like they're working as a team. It's like, oh, you got. They're on the same page as a couple. It's really beautiful. 
this is a solid movie couple right here. I know they have fights. I know they have arguments, but that's a team. I believe my brother used to live right near this. Logan, oh, no kidding. Logan Square area. This we we do get some exposition here, but like it's it's just like I think yeah. I think it was, it was like okay, now we're starting to piece together more of the puzzle, which again I, right. I get and I like. It was just like this I do too. this whole like it's... she she's going to her mom, like I, it just the it it didn't not work, but it also I felt like this didn't work either. Like it was just like okay yeah. It, it it's a it feels a little ham fisted, but you know, I think it gets the point across. Because I think uh, I think especially because I know later on you get that scene where she's putting up flyers again. <clears throat> yeah, like I, I I don't know if it was a deleted scene or not. I think what I would have liked to bookend this would have been if there would have been not a major effort, but just like. If they're if at the end of the movie, kind of once you have that closure, you know, because you get that scene where the girl is, you know, she's back to normal and she's she's kind of walks away and okay, she's gone. But like, yeah, she just kind of flies off Mary Poppins style. If there would have been some kind of something to where like these guys had a closure to this experience, like that, I feel like it would have made this exchange more meaningful. If there was closure here. Well, don't they have a scene later where they do have some closure and they have sort of a funeral? Like I, I, I yeah, there's there's a funeral and like they're kind of there. It's just it was it was one of those like Yeah. <coughs> I think I was just missing that. Like, okay, this we went so I do like that the cop is still keeping an eye on it. Yeah, because like, he's a little like, what the fuck is going sus. on. That was a crazy that was a crazy thing that just happened on my shift. Yeah, it's like on the way to get some coffee and donuts. It's actually a pretty unsettling. I like this scene coming up because it really puts both Kevin Bacon and uh forget her name, but it puts them kind of on the same page. Yeah. Like definitely. Like I, I hate it when there's these movies where the wife is trying to spend too much of the movie convincing her husband, or the husband is trying to spend too much of the movie convincing the wife. And there's all these like convenient misses. But like right right here, you know for sure. Yeah. Okay. You heard that, right? That was that was a devil voice of some kind. Why pick such a scary voice too if you're trying to get help? <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, this is one of those things to me. <clears throat> if I'm living this out, if this is my reality, if I'm her at this point, I'm not still like, what's going on here? Like, okay. Yeah. Something has happened. Oh yeah, because because I, I think that's one of those things where it's like thing that you, you things you've just seen things that you've only heard about or read about in books or seen in scary movies like just play out in front of your face. Well, and it's I mean, that little kid. Someone another voice came out of that kid's mouth. Yeah, and and I because that's that's one of those things where it's like um, again, it's it's one of those like okay, that's another one of those little tweaks that I feel like you know. Those uh, and it's it's Monday morning quarterback kind of stuff because it's like th- these aren't things that you know make the movie bad for me. It's just like okay, if you would have done this a little, like if she wouldn't have been on this kind of continuous journey to like what's going on, like okay, you might yeah. not understand it, 
but like clearly you know we had we had the 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 hypnotizing thing and that did something things are kind of weird here we've just had this episode where like the babysitter kidnapped the kid and your husband just he got a feeling when you were going into this football game and he bolts and he runs all the way to the train station where he finds your kid having no idea that's where he's at. It's like, okay. And then you hear the kid's voice. You're like, okay, I feel like I have enough input at that point to be like, something here is off and it's not like a normal off. Like, Hey, do, do we need like to... this little scene where he's like trying to recreate? Yeah. He's like, huh? yeah. Are you there? Oh, you're not there. <laughs> I love too that it gets me. It gets me. Like I almost I really halfway expected this second time for it to be there. They they don't. They they did the right thing. Yeah. I love that look. Yeah. Huh? You there? <laughs> some more great, some more great acting. Old style. Bernie's tap. There we go. It was another one of these block that's, parties, man. That's such a, that's <laughs> such a Chicago. Like just that right there. Just show. You know, the old style sign. Just running, just running through the common areas. Got the L in the background. Train. Yeah, yeah. Got the keg keg going. of beer flowing. <laughs> got the Catholics. Got the drunk priest and the crummy. <laughs> got the Catholics <laughs> this out. Is, this is clearly a Catholic uh, picnic, which I am familiar with. I've been to a number of those. So this this tracks. Hey, fatter, like one of those. get yourself a brat. <laughs> don't don't take too many and throw to the window. Get get yourself a brat. And we just opened up some kraut. Get yourself some. Come on, we got plenty. <laughs> That's some good background acting going on. Look at that guy in the green sleeve <clears throat> shirt like, oh, back there. He's bamboo. really Ooh, he's making tasty. a sandwich. He's licking his yeah. And hey, look! Uh, I'm gonna run Doesn't this kid right here look like the kid from a uh, scary movie? The <laughs> the blonde kid oh, with the small yes. penis. <laughs> I don't know if it's ever not, but it just looks like him. And this guy, I got a Chicago stash. That's for sure. Oh my God! This guy was just—he came out of the womb. And there's that, that Kevin Bacon, stage. like, "Hey, I don't mean to unnerve you, yes. but I'm looking at you like this." <laughs> it was a <clears> funny <throat> look. It's like, "Whoa, dude!" It's so intense. All of you're a sudden. at eight, and I need you to about a three, dude. Tone that down. But a little. This guy's such a good actor, right here. This guy—he just seems like a regular. He's dude. just a guy. He's yeah, acting. Yeah, he's just the you know the way he holds his beer. It's and the guy run is like, ah, I, got, I got a beer here. I'm, I'm gonna run a route. I'm gonna run a route. Throw me a pigskin. Look, look, he this guy. The beer is kind of tilted. You know, he's oh, there it goes. It's straight again. I think at this point in the movie, like we could definitely just sort of talk over the movie. Yeah, and because the setup of the movie, I think, is really the best part of the movie. I think the best part of the movie is up to this point and it's not that the there's still plenty of fun uh there's still plenty <clears throat> of tricks up its sleeve but i i really enjoy the setup and i like everything that's happening up to this point and i honestly don't have much of a problem with the payoff of the movie either but most of the movie from this point forward is just it is it's just kind of like kevin bacon trying to uh follow the instructions of the girl who just sort of tells him what to do. And since he's only getting those echoes of he's not yet honed his gift, like his younger son has. And because of that, this is, this process kind of takes longer, I guess he's sort of fumbling his way through like what it all means. You know, he's like, I got to dig. 
<laughs> I, I think because well, like I think that's the thing. I think that's like again, it's one of those like okay, if I was gonna tighten something up on this, I think one of the things <clears throat> that I would that I would want to do is figure out uh, a a better way for there to be a guide for him because there's really not like he's just like he goes back into that trance and this time it it just says dig and that's the only direction he gets <clears throat> and it's like he's it seems weird that the guy the the guy who they the boy and the and the and the wife see at that kind of funeral thing yeah in the graveyard he seems like he would be the guy for that that's you know, what you're talking about that's that's where i was like okay I, I feel like that was just kind of a misstep to where it's like yeah. okay this this whole like we go to the to the length of including this guy we have this it was like okay we're you know we're going to get enough exposition to explain that they have you know what groundskeeper willie would call the shinnin because we can't call it <laughs> something else <clears throat> yeah but it's like okay you know we have these we have these episodes and it's like what I wish is that I wish there was some kind of mechanism for Kevin Bacon's character <clears throat> to be able to interpret these just a little bit more clear. Like, even if there was like, okay, if, you know, cause she goes to see the guy, the, the police officer, Neil. Um, and cause I really like that whole exchange. I, I like that when, mm -hmm. you know, she, he says, you know, see you later, Jake. And he's like, Oh, see you later, Neil. And then he turns like his name yeah. is Neil. It's like, I like this because there's kind of this and even in this, like there's, there's these really just kind of creepy notes that blur the lines of reality and this dream world that he's kind of floating in and out of. And <clears throat> if there was a little bit stronger guide, I feel like, you know, because I feel like what suffers is it doesn't feel long, but it just kind of feels like, I don't know, like, even in knowing what's what's going to happen, <clears throat> it's like, okay, I know how this is going to play out, but it feels like, okay, how did the dots get connected? Was, oh, yeah, that's right. We see the thing. With yeah, you're like, but does the movie really know? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> <clears throat> if we had that police officer, because, like, you've introduced him, but just for kind of like that throwaway scene where it's like, okay, his wife goes to meet him and kind of explains, like, oh, yeah, he can, oh, the boy, the boy can see so much better. And it's like, but he's not mm -hmm. really of much. Use. Oh, I like how he put it. Much better flashlight. Yes, <laughs> it's a great line. That is a, and uh, I, I think that's the thing. Is like, okay, I wish if if that's what they're gonna do, I wish there was a way for the little boy to um to essentially use that flashlight. Like, hey, dad, let me point you in this direction. Hey, dad. Yeah. You know, dig over here. To where it's just like, okay. I mean, I know that he's kind of got to flounder around a little bit because it has to, again, cause that turmoil and the relationship and the timing because the timing of everything has to match up for the way that it does for the, the conclusion to work out the way that it does. Like, this is this is kind of a... Where the guy's, like, just wiping <laughs> blood all over his face, like, I'm crazy! It's like, oh. I do like this whole Groundhog Day yeah. kind of thing going on. <clears throat> but unlike Groundhog Day where he's reliving the same exact thing, like this kind of 
Like you're given like these like little clues, like, oh, there's the boot. He's gonna look under the bed and he sees the note. But then like he goes downstairs and he doesn't see Kevin Dunn. But it all that little echo that you saw with Kevin Dunn and then the kid shooting himself, that pays off at the end. Like you get that little yeah. kind of closing scene. But it's a, it's a different, like, it's somber in the way it does. It feels in the dream, but it's somehow even, like, more somber, like, in real life when it when the movie, it, it ends. Because, well, it is. It's crazy what, what happens at the end. It's one of those things, too, that I like. It's it's a good, good scary movies I dig when it's kind of feels like it could definitely happen in your neighborhood. And this kind of feels like one of those things that could very <clears throat> conceivably happen in almost any neighborhood. You know, a couple. Well, and it's like uh, parents covering up basically. Oh yeah, uh, the the murder, the disappearance of this strange girl who, uh, you know, was not popular. Like the had, when know. when he was putting his shoe on, and you could see the uh, the TV behind him, or when he was coming out, <clears throat> when he was coming out of his uh, of his house, and you could see. Just just over his shoulder, you could see the window. Like those are the kinds of things where it's like, I I wish there was a you know a shadow in the window, or like you could you know not not like a notable like we want you to see the reflection in the, like to where it would move, but like if you're paying attention, real small on the on the the glare from the TV, you could see for a moment a reflection of the yeah. girl. Like just those. I like when a director sets up something in your imagination yeah. and then rewards you for looking a little closer yeah. at that darkened area in the back or the reflection. If you pay attention, is there a reflection? It, it's always nice when they reward you with something like that. But th- this this movie is definitely not of that jo- that era. That that didn't come until James Wan, honestly. Well, <laughs> just was like the master of doing that and- stuff. I, I, I got to say, like, a movie, like, I think this is one of those things, like, you know, when we were talking, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, where we're talking about kind of like the evolution, like, there are real, I mean, there have always been horror movies that have stood out, but, like, the bar always seemed like, you know, you know, throughout the 70s, 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, like, a lot of that, the bar was just set pretty low, like, okay, let's grab some teenagers, you know, do we have a haunting? Do we have a slasher? Whatever it is, like, let's kill some teenagers. You know, we'll, you know, here's one of these scenes, one of those scenes. You could just kind of, you make a good first installment. You make a Nightmare on Elm Street. You make a Friday the 13th. You make a Halloween. And then from there, you could just stamp and stamp. Here's another one. Yeah. And you and yeah, you, just, you make money. It's an assembly line. But it's like, we got to the sure. point where, like, we have, people really putting time and effort and energy and direction and story building and world building into horror movies. And I feel like it started with some of the one, like this is one where it's like, okay, some of the things I want to like to, to your, to your point, some of the things I'm wanting them to do are things that came after because they did stuff like this, you know, building off of things like the shining. It's nice. Like, okay, they took some of those those elements and pushed the genre forward because there's some good creepy you know things here that really build on it towards like okay you know yeah because um, some some of those things I mean some of the I mean the jump scares in this are really earned 
good jump scares. And, you know, the, the way that it's presented, it's like, okay, these, this movie, you know, and the M night Shyamalan and, you know, other ones like that. It's like, these ones did pave the way for even better horror movies to come out in the 2000s, 2010s. So it's like, you know, because of, because we had stir of echoes, we do end up having things like the conjuring and Annabelle and stuff like that, because, okay, guys took note of what was, what they were doing well here and did it better further down the road. Yeah. Very well said. You're building on every, every, every movie builds on the next. Yeah. Yeah. Hope. And hopefully you try and make it a little better. Refine it just a little bit more. I was like, even, even this scene My here. dog with... is choking on garbage over here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> She's just back here going. For <laughs> <laughs> Ellie Daisy? <laughs> is that your contribution to the show? <laughs> but like this, this scene here with Neil, it's like, okay. It, again, it's another one of those where it's like, the tone of it feels like it's supposed to be comfortable, but there's still kind of a, you know. Is it good that this guy's here? Is it not good that he's here? What is this guy representing? Is he... So I I like that, again, I I wish... uh, Because especially, I mean, like, this is to further that, you know, that little frustration. Like, at this point, come on, lady. Clearly, you're dealing with something that goes beyond the normal known universe. Like, you're... I mean. If for if for no other reason than like okay your kid knows that guy's name is Neil and he knows it's like she's never seen the Twilight Zone yeah it's like okay I mean weird stuff is going on his name is Neil I mean that kid is cute that kid definitely wins cuteness points did the guitar thing ever pay off like was the was that from a particular thing that mattered or was it just like he was stuck on this for some reason. Like the kid points out, this is what this is the what you're trying to remember, and then he goes into all of those, going through all the CDs and stuff. Because it's like all of the stuff. Yeah, this is the, the yeah right because it's the song that's playing on the like radio. Oh, the that's right. okay. That's assaulted. right. Yeah, it did pay off. It does pay off too, and it's funny. <laughs> the director was saying one one thing that you can appreciate just from a technical aspect is from editing. They had another song in mind that they wanted to use that they couldn't get, <laughs> so they ended up getting the <laughs> ended up getting the painted black. But Kevin Bacon was strumming the chords to the other song, so they had to have a guy come in and like ADR the nice. chords that he's playing. Yeah, but they did a really good job. Like, you know, it works. I bet you Kevin Bacon was really upset that that because he's like a, a musician in real life. Like, That's true. Ah, you dubbed over my, yeah. But my strumming was so good, guys. Was. This kind of has like a uh, uh, <laughs> eyes wide shut kind of feel to it. Yeah. Walking down. <clears throat> like, is this an actual like the, the the this these this feels like a real seedy street? Like, where? How close is this to their neighborhood? Really. Like this is one of those where it's like, I even even in nineteen ninety, like if uh, you lived in Chicago, it's like I you know, I'm 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 not going down this street by myself at night. I'm certainly not going down this alley. 
oh no and here's a pretty cheap this jump, is the scare, cheap jump scare that's the that's... <laughs> who runs up on somebody like that i just really i need to go up this fire escape really quickly right now i can't wait for this lady she's just gonna have to stand aside Hey, is this the uh... now the the director in the commentary in this scene right here actually pointed out that it was Kevin Bacon who originally was going to visit Neil at this uh, thing, and they didn't like it. Apparently, he said that at the end of the scene, it felt like after they explained everything that was happening, that it was a little too it felt a little too reassuring, and that they didn't like that feel. They wanted it to feel like he was dealing with it more on his own, like you were pointing out. So I guess they still wanted to use the character, so they replaced it with her. I think it works pretty decently. It it still works. I think I think if they had I think if they had found a better compromise to where like <clears throat> you know, because I, I mean ultimately he does stumble upon what he's looking for. Um, but it's it's one of those it's like it's I I don't know, like it's 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 beneficial in the fact that like he gets there at some point, I think it's just like, if it had been a little, if there'd been a little bit more precision to it, like, and even if it was just, even if it wasn't like, we're going to do exposition and we're going to tell you what's going on. If there was just more of those, like more direction from, it's like, okay, presumably, you know, the, the ghost, the girl, she's like, okay, I want you to, I want you to figure out what happened to me. That's what she wants. Yeah. Well, she wants justice. She wants justice. She wants, and she has, I mean, that's it's like, you know, because that's, that's where there is some of that overlap from the sixth sense is like, okay, ghosts don't understand what's going on. They just want, they want, they want that closure and you know, okay, he can provide that by bringing, yeah. bringing it to light. It was just like, okay, because the, the there's a part of it's like, it's happenstance. That's that's the part. It's like okay, he happens upon. It's like okay, it's not anything in deliberate. It's okay. Oh, like when he goes searching and he does go digging yeah. and he looks, he tears up the whole entire house. He tears up like a section of the living room with the floorboards. Like, why would he start there? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> did she say dig through the floorboards? Because it's one of those things. Like, you still have to live here. Yeah. But uh, but at that point he was just obsessed, and he's he's Kevin Bacon digging in the backyard, a sweaty shirtless Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and, and I like I like this where she's like, "Ow, it's so hot! I've showed you how hot. Oh, now it's better. That's better temperature, right? Ah, I'll be able now to relax like... in the bath." One thing about this movie that I do like is how warm it's shot. I like how the warm color, like it's kind of got that yeah. warm tungsten lighting. So cozy, see, but again, see, like there, it's that whole like it's supposed to make you feel cozy, but it's very tense. What's happening? That mirror, that mirror in the background when she was, was again, it's when I was like, I, I mean, I just, it's when I was like, I would, I, I would probably like that's that's too deliberate. I don't want it. That's a good jump scare. It's a good I, jump scare. I, I think that's a good jump. Scare. It's a good jump scare. It's like what the the thing of the, the that nuance that I really love from Annabelle creation is that is that very subtle, like you, I mean, it's almost like you get extra points because you catch it. Like, yeah, because you can miss it. Like there's a part where it's like, Ooh, 
I don't. I like. I like. This, oh, this the part in Steve Hereditary here. where she sees her mother in yes. the dark shadows. Oh, it's so good. Is a great because you almost don't even remember. We saw that in theaters and didn't even. I don't think noticed it, and you noticed it on video. Yeah. I think. Like, did you? Know, yeah, because I don't remember. I remember thinking there was supposed to be an eerie thing happening. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, the, like, like the, no. those those where it's like no, what I, I want something a little bit more. Like I like that she's messing with him. That's that's the kind of subtle that I'm yeah. looking for. It's like okay, not like oh no, they they dubbed her into HR Puff and stuff or whatever we got going on here. It's like ah, I'm gonna put the ghost girl there. It's like he's like no, that's not this CD, not that track. I have five thousand CDs, so I'm gonna have to go through all of. I like her kind of like sassy vibe. She's always kind of like making these like little comments, like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, or I can do it. It's just me again, you know? Hey, <laughs> don't don't mind me. I'll take care of it. It's that sort of uh, kind of passive aggressive shit. Because it's one of those talk. things, like, okay, like I'm not I'm not gonna necessarily defend everything that Kevin Bacon does here, but it's like, okay, yeah, clearly you could see he's got massive headphones on. He's listening to music and he's over there. And no, you did not get his attention. I was like, if I'm over off in the corner listening to music and I got big headphones on and you wave and I don't see you, it's, I'm not ignoring you. I didn't see you. Right. I'm just not, I'm just, just not where my head is right now. I like that he's arguing. He's like, I said no. I don't want to watch. It's so funny. Like, it's so kind of blasé for him you know this is just something and i like at the end of the movie when it kind of closes on the part where they're driving off and he's in the he's riding in the back seat and it just kind of oh all the voices he hears all the voices and whisperings of yeah i guess of the neighborhood spirits and he kind of does sort of uh put his hands over his ears like that's what he's dealing with that's the nightmare there should have been more scenes like that i think we should feel a little more dread for this kid. He just doesn't seem like he's all that disturbed when he should be the most as a disturbed. Is that why it's so different? Because he's just not disturbed? Like right here, he's like, oh, man, <laughs> this should not be happening. It, yeah, it's like, okay, I mean, you're old enough to understand, like, I mean, because I, 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 that's, that's, that's where it gets to be like, okay, if it's a little kid, you're like, oh, hey, it's my friend Susan. It's like, uh, we can't see Susan, buddy. Sure you can. She's right here. <laughs> it's like, no, mommy and daddy can't see her. What do you mean? These parents are a bit neglectful, though, because he is in constantly talking to her in out in the like the middle of the house. Like, yeah. And they're just going about there. They're talking on the phone. They're having conversations about, you know just with each other and not really paying attention to what's going on. And I get that's kind of what it is. I like this is like a good example of that effect where she's sort of jerky. It's good stuff. Yeah, this is, I like that jerky motion like you were talking about earlier. It's like when you see her and she's like, <clears throat> it's not quite as pronounced as like Samara from The Ring, but it's just enough to where it's right. like, it's, it, it's similar to it's that. It's a though, good yeah. creepy vibe that is like, okay, it's unsettling. And they and for not having a lot of visual effects like uh in the movie, like there is like one scene coming up that I found really effective 
because uh, he's sort of in a trance kind of at this point. Yeah. As he's interacting with her and you know, like she's just kind of walks up and like that's that's unsettling when you see that. I don't feel like she reacts strangely enough to that. But like I like how like she kind of warps into his reality yeah. and pulls him out. Like that was a cool scene. And like he the way his eyes look here. Yeah. <laughs> he's acted up a storm. What happened to Kevin Bacon? He looks like literally like legit sick right there. <laughs> he, if he has the flu in that moment, I would not be surprised. Well, for the for the sake of time, I think we're gonna just kind of like fast forward to the end. Um, it is it is kind of a one of those like yeah, all right. It it's not the greatest ending in a horror movie I've ever seen, but it it's fine. It totally like wraps up nicely, and it, I do dig the scene where she kind of uh, goes from the house where she'd been a prisoner her whole like the last year, I guess. Yeah. Or so, however long this has been going on, six months to a year basically a prisoner of the house and then the camera sort of pans over and then she appears uh, out on the street and then it pans over again and then she's walking down the street and then one final little subtle effect is uh, she's as she's crossing the street the car that's driving down the road goes through her because she's a ghost so some really good stuff in this movie I really dig it any final thoughts on Stir of Echoes <clears throat> it's 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 definitely worth a watch it's one of those i i recommend it just because like for a lot of people they've not seen it so it's new i mean like i think that's one of those things um and i think it's one of the things why i like that you know about the spooktacular and the effort we put into it is like okay it's not like hey let's watch let's watch all the mainstream let's watch nightmare on elm street let's watch halloween let's like no, let's let's be a little bit deliberate in finding some things that maybe people haven't seen, or let's find some movies. That yeah, is like, oh man, I spend so much time and like I, I coming up with my list, it changes a hundred times. because there's so many. Like you start to realize, like, okay, you know, there's a lot of the the usual suspects that people want to watch this time of year, but it's like, okay, this is one. This is one of those like, okay, I, I wouldn't build towards this and watch this like on Halloween night for a big scare. But this is one mm-hmm. that is like, okay, let me add this into, let me add this into the mix because I'm going to get, there's some, like you said, there's some good jump scares. There's some really creepy moments. There's, you know, kind of some meandering tension. It's like, it's not a five star. You got to watch this best horror movie I've ever seen. But it's when I was like, okay, you probably haven't seen it it's it's going to give you a good few scares and 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 you're going to enjoy it it's like yeah you might not watch it you know every year it might not be one of those where like oh this is one of my favorites but it's like it makes it makes you think it's executed well there's good i mean there's good acting i, I mean it's one of those like yeah i mean i highly recommend it just because you you know you probably haven't seen it and you're going to enjoy it yeah, really well said. I mean, for for being my pick, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I like I like it because it just it 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 evokes like other good movies. Like it it doesn't make me want to go watch those movies. Like stop this movie and like oh, I'm gonna watch it done like properly. It just but it seems to like take a lot of movies and pay homage to them yeah. in a nice way. 
that blends together and doesn't feel like they're just trying to do that. Like it's subtle enough to where it doesn't obviously feel that way. But if you if you if you pay attention to it, you definitely see all of those little uh, nods to movies like we mentioned. Like we mentioned a ton of movies uh, while while going through this thing. Like this movie reminds me of that. This movie reminds me of that. There's the Minute Maid. Minute Maid pay for this? Like that got to be a sponsor of this sucker. <laughs> <laughs> that just doesn't happen. That just makes me think of um, the Robert Loja orange juice commercial, and I love that. <laughs> I didn't even know what that was until you <clears> told <throat> me about it. That's... And I'm so happy that I know it exists. Robert Loja. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drink your orange juice, <laughs> kids. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and put a, wrap this sucker up. It's been fun. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys watch this if you haven't seen it. Uh, is it streaming anywhere right now? Uh, I is watched it, it like, on available? Voodoo with ads for free. So I think it's streaming a couple places, okay. but I know it's on Voodoo for free right now. Well, good old Voodoo. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's there. If, if you want to watch some stuff, just watch a few ads like the old days. Totally it's free. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, we're not going to tease you what's coming up next, but you can be assured that it's going to be a horror movie and it's going to be sometime this month. Because as we promised, all September and October long, we're doing Halloween Spooktacular. Who's going to show up in our next intro? Who knows? You'll find out, I guess, when you tune in. If you tune in. You better tune in. You should tune in. You should tune in, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>